Surprise, Ant Shine Googans. Go time on a Thursday morning. It's tourney time. What a what a great weekend this is in sports. I mean, for us here on the First Coast in particular, as uh, these gates are going to open up here in about 40 minutes, I believe. Is that right? 645, the gates open. Uh, the first tee times this morning are at 650. We got a big-time marquee group going off mid-morning. I'll tell you about that. Maybe point you in a couple of directions if you're making your way out here. The only thing that I will say, uh, if, if you're not a player's championship veteran, you haven't been through the traffic wars, I'll call them, the earlier the start you can get, the better. Whether it's the first shuttle you can take or the first time that you can get out here because there's only so many ways to get to this little corner of our first coast. And those ways seem to jam up um, just more and more each and every year as some parking around the facility here has disappeared through you know, some other projects through the years. And so that would be my uh, word to the wise. Get there an hour before your tea time, right? Don't be the guy who walks up tying his shoes at, uh, you know, 844 for an 845 tee time that will be my uh, my first tip to you so uh, good luck picking a winner in this thing we'll get to that here a little bit now, that being said some of some of the platforms are doing their best you, you're going to get the big names thrown at you right spoiler alert open ESPN's panel of golf experts to pick the winner and the names you're going to see are going to be Rory, Mac, Rory McElroy and Scotty Scheffler and that uh, ilk of golfer we're lucky to have them in fact Scheffler Rory McIlroy John Rahm paired together this morning how's that to go follow around a little bit so I, I guess I've already spoiled the spoiler alert there you have it um, so we had lots of golf talk today Jared Rice will join us executive director of the players um, the, the the most dap, dapperly dressed uh, dude out here ET you'll get a good look at uh, Jared with his with his game with his game uniform on today. I, I'm, uh, for once, not here all alone. Uh, all due respect to Richie. Uh, E.T.'s out here. Good morning, my man. Yeah. Have you been to the players before? I have. Okay, all right. Donna Murphy will be manning down the scoring update. Good morning, Donna. I see you. There she is. Put it on. Oh, hello. The dulcet tones. Hi. Hi. Good morning. How are you? You ready to get going and cracking three times I an am. hour? Yes. That's right. Yes, all right, sir. good. So, with a, a, an able crew here, we'll get you started. For your really the golf part of the week uh, begins and the party part just cranks up about another six eight notches. Um, I see one guy here in the mirror really excited about the golf part, and I see another guy to my right here really excited about the party part. <laughs> <laughs> you already know. That. I hear you. I'm on you. I'm on you there. So um, a couple guys who are considered favorites: Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. We have some of their podium talk. Uh, from yesterday as they uh, just speak to what a great event this is. Justin Thomas, of course, has won our Players' Championship. It's it's one that's still missing from the Jordan Spieth Trophy case. So hear from both those big, huge names because there are so many of them here. They're all here, uh, right here in our backyard. As we look forward also, by the way, good weather weekend. We're going to have a period tomorrow. Depending on how late it comes, we're super lucky it'll come after sundown. But it, it's a it's a window of some... At times, uh, rough weather may not be even enough to stop uh, the golf, but uh, compared to just the madness we lived through last year, it is going to be um, it'll be Garda Eden out here this weekend. So there's that. All right, uh, locally, let me tell you something about this Players Tribune. Boy, you're getting a good, honest look. It's it, it's an idea that before our team got any good, I was barely aware of. I know athletes are posting on the Tribune about their situations and their teams, but we've been so doggone irrelevant. There's not a post on the Players' Tribune that struck anywhere close to home. Am I wrong? Well, Trevor 
you know, in a in a in a bow to Jaguar fans, gave us his entry right after the season ended, and and man, that sure fired us up about where his mindset is here moving forward. And yesterday, we got we got a we got a deep heart to us from Calvin Ridley. Now you can you can certainly find this online. It's out there. It's everywhere. There are links to it from just about everywhere. And and I'm going to tell you more in depth what Calvin Ridley said. But as we kind of get started here and set the table for you, um, I'll take you straight to the football part. And he goes deep into just how he got off track a little bit. It was a combination of battling injuries and the medication that it took to keep playing when you thought as a warrior you needed to be playing um it, it included battles with depression and anxiety that had to be first diagnosed and then learned how to how to be dealt with um it included what he says just a stupid decision that i completely own when i was just kind of out there lost making a bet was dumb um certainly didn't use any inside information he said i'm paraphrasing but when you get down to the bottom, at the, at, at the end of the day, it, it's a message of encouragement and it feels like return because Calvin really made sure as he told his story that goes all the way back to a very rough childhood. As he told his story in this Players' Tribune, he doubled and tripled down on he's back, he's ready, football's important to him, he's ready to be the leader and the man and the player. When you look back on Calvin Ridley's career in 10, 20 years, this is Ridley speaking, you're going to have a different definition of what it is right now. Um, so my heart is fully into the game. I appreciate the Jags. All love to Atlanta for being there. But let's go. The Jags are getting a receiver who this is the part that, that grabs you from a football perspective. You're going to give you 1,400 yards a year. Which, by the way, is that Stefan? I'm curious if Calvin Ridley isn't most like Stefan Diggs, both in his game and his potential impact. And and when Diggs went to Buffalo, he stepped up up he stepped up even another notch from how good he was in Minnesota. Right? He was a good receiver in Minnesota, and and he went to Buffalo and became an alpha dog receiver. Calvin Ridley seems to have that in his makeup. Uh, meanwhile, Bucky Brooks, who spoke so highly of of Calvin Ridley last week at the Combine. Well, he got to sit down with Ridley as part of his Jaguars.com duties, and so I'm going to let you hear from Calvin Ridley himself uh, coming up next um, n- next segment. Meanwhile, next date on the calendar is Monday. Uh, Monday, free agency begins. Jaguars made it official yesterday. Shaq Griffin released. That frees up another, I be- want to say, $13 million in salary cap money. Look, the Jags aren't going to be overactive in free agency. There's not a whole lot of bucket left to be filled with water. But they're not going to be quiet. I mean, it's going to matter. Those bargain free agents that they determine, they're, they're going to matter that they pick the right ones. You know, there's going to be a couple, three guys added at four to $6 million a year. These aren't, you know, seven-year veterans you're expecting just to play special teams. They're going to swing at a DN that they feel is undervalued and positioned to either be ready to take off or still have something in the tank. I mean, free agency is not just going to be a, you know, a, a cloak of invisibility around here. The Jaguars will be active. They just can't do what they've done the last couple of years. Now, to that end, the free agent predictions are coming out and the rankings. And I was looking at ESPN. They had a column. One player... 
every team must sign in free agency. Okay, I'm, I'm going to make sure for connotation here, we understand what the word must means. If I read a column that says one player, every team must sign for free agency, that to me sounds like this is an urgent need for this team. Am I wrong? I don't want to make too much of it. The must wasn't capitalized and italicized, but that's the way I read it. If you're going to tell me players teams should be interested in, players teams might sign, players you haven't thought of, no, 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 the title of the column is one player every team must sign. I was shocked, not just at the player, but the position that the Jacks fell under, under that strict definition, um, I guess I guess we would stay. So uh, we'll look into that a little bit coming up uh, this morning as well, coming up this hour. In fact, we've got all your Thursday favorites. Doc Kevin Murphy will be stopping by. We'll go uh, inside the, the injury report. There are some... Some, some quotes and some recollections from, from Calvin Ridley in what would seemingly be the way not to deal with an injury. And so I'm interested in picking Doc's brain a little bit on, on kind of what Ridley said in what kind of led to a depression and a funk. Bottom line, paraphrase, he seemed to be kind of misdiagnosed in Atlanta. Told something was a bone bruise. You know, he'd, he'd take the shot every week. He'd play, get to the end of the year, and the second opinion says, no, it's broke, it's been broken. You know, so it's just a variety of factors. How does that happen? Does it, you know, maybe a glimpse inside what a lot of these players do and every week. We see them questionable on the injury report every week, and then they go out and play, and we cheer, and we're happy, or we boo, and we're mad, and then they drag home whatever injury they had. So Doc Kevin Murphy's coming up today. we got Cat Chat today. we got Jared Rice stopping by visiting, talking a little bit more uh, about the players. I mentioned, though, what a great weekend uh, it is. It kind of stinks this year. We've got no UNF or JU Cinderella runs in, into March Madness. It happens very infrequently, but you always have the hope. And Florida and Florida State's basketball seasons were both bleh. If you're Joe U, you're happy. To the other four or five Miami basketball fans around town, congratulations. You've had a pretty good year. But as we get set for March Madness, we are forced to look at other distractions. Our local teams have let us down. Ah, yeah, I guess theoretically Florida could, quote, go on a run in the SEC tournament. I, I see no path that Florida is going to win four SEC games in a row against the, the level of competition they play. I think it would be much more likely they would lose in round one to Mississippi State. Which, by the way, the Gators will tip it off today, 1 o'clock. If you are so inclined to bounce between the opening round of the players here and Gator basketball perhaps playing their final regular season game, I would imagine the NIT would come calling. You know, often when a basketball team gets an NIT or a lesser tournament berth or a football team gets a bowl game, even if they're not in the in the big boys, it offers you an opportunity at least to, you know, get in some extra practice, put in some stuff. I don't know what kind of turnover this roster is going to have. I know it's got to get a lot better offensively in particular. So uh, we shall see what's left. I would imagine the Gators, at the very least, would be an NIT team. But any, any hopes of a Cinderella run through the SEC would have to begin today as they'll play this afternoon at uh, 1 o'clock. All right, tell you what, let's do this. Let's take our first break. I- I'll give you a little deeper into Calvin Ridley, let you hear from the man himself. Now free and clear, a Jaguar, and really seems like he's motivated and determined uh, to show some people some something. And, and look, you, you love to see that, right, that mentality that dog mentality uh, in a guy joining your team. Going to let you hear from uh, both 
Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth, and who the experts say is a really very narrow list of guys that will potentially hoist the trophy this weekend as the most uh, recent players champion. So we've got uh, some golf talk for you as well. An icon steps down in in basketball. Uh, We will tell you about that when we come back as well. You're listening to The Drill on 1010XL, 92.5 FM. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. (laughs) We're back on a Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. E.T.'s walking around the grounds. I I mean, you're coming back. I just see the big, huge set of chompers in your mouth. you got a big smile on your yeah. face. I mean, what are you into out there? You're like a little kid running around. Are you going to go roll down the hill on 18 I, here I, in the I, break? I, I will. <laughs> it's like I'm just so excited because um, I wasn't a golfer. I wasn't into the golf. Just like I wasn't into NASCAR. Right. But actually getting out here and seeing it and, and like, uh, amongst it, I'm like, man, this is cool. Yeah, I'm like a kid yeah, out here. This is nothing. Wait till this thing gets, gets cracking here uh, in just a little bit. Um, is there some sort of weather vortex I'm not aware of? I got in my my truck to leave today. Okay, truck guy. Fifty degrees, and in the what is it from my house to here? Ten, twelve miles, Donna, maybe yeah, right? Probably about that. About twelve miles. Yeah. It's fifty degrees in town, just west of ninety-five. Out here, it's sixty-four degrees. Fourteen degree difference in those twelve miles. Isn't that weird? <laughs> that's crazy. I guess that's obviously something to do with the coast and whatnot. But man, I, I don't. I've been here a long time, and I've been back and forth across this huge wide area uh, a thousand times. I'm not sure I've done a fifteen degree jump in that short a distance in uh, in that amount of time. It is going to be a just beautiful day as the sun starts to rise out here over our uh, horizon. Okay, yeah, we've had a couple people wonder. Captain uh, and I made the bait bet. So we put that to bed last night uh, just for you to keep up. Uh, I got so much going, by the way. I got my fantasy golf. I got my brunch with a tour. I got my bait bat with Captain Kev. I may have put a little, you know, DraftKings fan duel action this weekend. So I got golfers flying all over the place. I had first pick. I ended up with Rory, Scheffler, and Hovland. Ooh. He took uh, Justin Thomas, Max Holman, Will Zalatoris. So uh, the way it works, you don't have to necessarily have the winner. You get the um, – uh, whoever finishes highest of those six golfers takes round one of the bait bet and, you know, six ice-chilled cans of bait, depending on what you're trying to catch. They had the caddy competition yesterday. That's oh. always fun out there at 17. The players come through during their practice rounds, and then the caddy gets to grab the club on 17. Uh, they all the, the pros all pitch in some cash. Uh, they split it. Some goes to the charity that, that uh, for ALS and Bruce Edwards. Uh, the other half of the kitty goes to the caddy who hits it closest to the hole. And yesterday, um, the, the <laughs> kind of an anonymous pro. In fact, the first two guys, I could tell you the pro and the caddy, and you could tell me who is who. <laughs> but um, Luke Hopkins, who is Ben Martin's uh, caddy. Or was it Ben Martin, who is Luke Hopkins' caddy? Anyone? No, it's it, Ben Martin's a golf pro for sure. Luke Hopkins hit it four feet, seven inches. Which is okay. We've had some near misses um, in the last few years. Uh, let's see. Three years ago, 2021, one foot two inches. We had a two feet nine inches uh, in, in 2020 before Operation Shutdown. I know, but overall, this four feet uh, seven inches, it, it ranks, ranks pretty sturdy. The closest all time was that one foot two inches. We also had a one foot four inches. Uh, way back in uh, 2006, but I mean the, the the golf everyone's ready to see the pin seeking darts that you pay big money for are going to come from the tour's strongest field. You know, I was looking at one guy, uh, a CBS golf writer, 
who limits it to nine guys who can win. Yeah, I'm not sure I disagree. You know, part of the argument that I would come back with when people question going to eight of these events next year that only have 70 players or 70 or 78 and no cut, the argument would be if you get the top 50 in the world playing, the winner's not going to come from outside the top 75. He's just not. Once every blue moon, somebody can, can beat back all those guys for four days. It hardly ever happens, and I know it's happened here a couple times even in history. But at the end of the day, when we look at the winner this weekend, even if it's not a super popular name, he'll be, you know, he'll be the 31st ranked golfer or the 39th or the 40th. He ain't going to be 100. And so to that end, in, in looking how it's been handicapped, I have I agree with some of these selections. I disagree with others. Scotty Scheffler's playing good golf. He's a great ball striker, typically a good putter. Um, Scheffler would be my would, would be one of my faves. He's listed number one here, and this is a column by uh, a guy I saw walking around out here, uh, Kyle Porter from CBS Sports. They're pretty much their main golf writer. He's got John Rahm second. I, I just can't do that the way Rahm played at the end of last week. Now he's liable to bounce back. His ball flight. You know, it doesn't typically match, you know, that left to right would behoove you more often than not here. And he's typically going to hit it le- uh, right to left, excuse me, will behoove you. He's going to hit it left to right. Uh, the guy I like, Rory McIlroy, he's got it number three. But you see the trend here, right? The top three picks, Scheffler, Rom, McIlroy. Guess what? Top three players in the world, three guys that will play together off of the 10th tee this morning at about 8.30. But McIlroy, anytime it's a week that puts the spotlight on the tour, what it means, what the future is, he, like some sort of playing ambassador, tends to play his best golf during those weeks. And so, for that reason, I, I like McElroy a lot. He's looked at as the third favorite here. Uh, Cantlay would be among the eight. Tony Finau, can, can Finau break through and win an event this big? I'm starting to wonder, right? Tony Finau wins a lot of money. He plays great golf. He has a proper perspective on life and family. But when it comes to winning big events, he he's around, but he ain't on top. Uh, Justin Thomas, former winner here. But outside of his win, he's, he's had his struggles here at TPC Sawgrass. Colin Morikawa, a major winner a couple times. Max Homa is a guy people will be looking at. This would be the biggest win of Homa's career as he continues to, to, to rack up more and more success on tour. And then the ninth and final from which the uh, winner will come, Victor Hovland, um, who was in contention last week. And like so many on the top of that leaderboard a week ago, uh, his putter failed him. You did not see the name Jordan Spieth, which you can uh, either agree or, or disagree with, but both Justin Thomas and Jordan Spieth meeting the media out here. Uh, Justin, a winner, first and foremost, why he loves this golf tournament. Yeah, I always love being here. It's a, a special week. It's you know, it's a, it's our championship. It's our tournament, and the course is always in um, you know immaculate condition. You know, especially being in March, it's very very green, and the kind of the outlines of the fairways and the rough. You know, just it all looks perfect. So um, it's it's a place I look forward to coming every every year. It's a golf course I think is extremely well designed, and uh, I always enjoy playing it. And he says he prefers the uh, May to March move, even though Thomas would have won in May. So. Uh, nonetheless, he likes it here. I like it here. I, I embraced it when it moved to May. Uh, I, I like it here on the schedule. That May conflicted to me with a lot of Jaguar coverage. I mean, we had years where the Jags picked in the first round on Thursday night. We're out here Friday for round two of the players. It was 
you know, it was almost too much going on. I, I like where we are here. We kind of springboard in the real golf season with a premier event, so it's just awesome. Now on to Spieth. I mean, there's a reason you didn't seem listed as one of those top nine favorites. Um, the, the reason is he, he doesn't uh, typically play well here, hasn't, hasn't played well here. So first and foremost, an admission from, from a dude who's got multiple majors and has spent a lot of time at number one in the world. So all in all, I feel good. I don't have a great track record here at this event. You know, it doesn't take much research to figure that out. But um, I feel like when striking it well, having some momentum and feeling like a little bit of um, freedom as far as being able to play aggressively here, um, that's going to kind of be my strategy this week to try and take advantage. I mean, be patient, but when you get a couple opportunities, make sure you go ahead and fire away. He mentioned that P word there, patience, and he doesn't play TPC with enough patience. You could argue if you watch Jordan Spieth, you're a Spieth fan week to week. He's an aggressive player when it comes to the mentality. He's not a patient player, and I get it. Look, pay, it, golf and, and the feel of a golf tournament, the urgency of golf tournaments, no less different than the other sports that are our faves. It's 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 – it's only human nature when you're a basketball team and you're down 14 with six minutes to go, you try and hit seven-point shots. You know what I'm saying? Like, you try and get it all back at once. Always, if you're a football team and you're down 17 going to the fourth, yeah, you're going to onside kick, right? You're going to get aggressive. And golf's the same way when you find yourself and you have a mentality to begin with uh, that's very aggressive, and that is um, uh, Jordan Spieth. And, listen, don't kid yourself. These guys are nuanced, man. They're quirky. These golfers are some quirky dudes, a bunch of them. Spieth falls into that category. You've, you've seen Spieth when they put that microphone on him, and he's pulling, tugging at his shirt and, you know, pulling on his grip, and talking to his caddy nonstop, wiggling, waggling, step back, ask some more uh, from his caddy, talk all the way up the fairway after he's just hit a shot. I mean, that's, that's Spieth in general. So these guys are, are quirky. Sometimes it goes beyond what they are – uh, actually doing and sometimes even what they are seeing cannot suit them perfectly jordan speed spoke to that it's just not a good quote look for him visually i've had a hard time on this golf course because i like to see a lot of field shots and out here there's not a lot of stuff to work it off of it seems like if a ball is away from a hole it's just going to move further away from a hole and i have a hard time visually with that versus say Kapalua or Augusta where it's just you're working a ball off a slope or wind and greens feed in and out and I think that's been my toughest it's been more in the approach game and even some tee balls just feeling confident that when the ball lands it's going to stay versus feeling like it kind of gets rolling off the sides that's the only thing I can think of right now all right we're about uh, 17 minutes away from the opening tee times today Uh, the group of players that aren't um, you know, super uh, recognizable at this point. But uh, don't forget here, these first two days, they do go off at number one and number 10. So if you're coming out to see Scheffler, Ron McIlroy, they go off 10, don't they, Donna? Yes. Yeah, yes, so make, yeah, make sure you're headed to the right spot. Suddenly you'll be halfway down the first fairway, and the group you want to see is already on their second hole this morning. So uh, make sure when you grab those T-sheets, man, those are a great help. You grab that T-sheet, and you, you, you can walk all over these grounds and figure out um, exactly where you're trying to go, who you're trying to see. There's another marquee group. The marquee group in the afternoon is like Thomas, Spieth. And Max Homa. And Max Homa. So I would say that those are the two. But there's a lot of juicy threesomes out there now. There are a lot of great golfers out here who will bust through, who will win this year's players. We will certainly talk a lot more golf today and tomorrow. we got, uh, again, Jared Rice. Um, 
executive director of the players out here, will join us again uh, this morning. For the very latest, any updates you need? Again, man, the traffic monster is real. He's not hiding under your bed. He's got teeth. He'll be sitting on the Palm Valley Bridge. He'll be sitting on JTB, and he wants to eat you. So do whatever you can to avoid the traffic as best you can. The, the best idea, the gates open here at 645. And if you were planning on coming out to the TPC today at 1, and you can instead get here at 645? Get here at 645. You might, I'm not, I'm not kidding, dude. I got to bust back into town today. I'm staying out tomorrow. My, my dad's coming out. Gonna have, gonna meet up with some friends. Have a good time tomorrow. Uh, but today I got to bust back into town. I got to do some stuff, and I'm gonna be interested in in seeing what that traffic looks like on on the bridge there, coming from Nocatee over the intercoastal. Because again, there's only so many ways to get here, right? You can come up north on A1A. You can come down on A1A. It, to get to A1A, you're you're pretty much JTB or you know, or what, Michler or Palm Valley. There's just not a lot of ways to get here, and it chokes down. And so, you know, either be prepared for it. Traffic is so frustrating, isn't it? Is Ooh. there anything worse? No. There's nothing, worse, nothing worse, man. And it's just, it's, it is totally not the vibe of what you're going to get out here walking around in a beautiful uh, afternoon with a cold cocktail or, you know, an icy, whatever See, it is. I don't mind traffic. I mind the etiquette in traffic. Well, for sure. Oh, there's that. Yeah, there's, there is a, certainly a, a bit of that. All right, so Calvin Ridley goes to the Players' Tribune. And in a, in a you know, heartfelt, you know, heartfelt letter is the best way to describe it. Basically gives us a peek into what he's been through the last couple of years since he last played football for the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, it starts to the football world and everyone who loves this game. I bleeped up. I'm not here to sugarcoat it. 2021, I made the worst mistake of my life by gambling on football. I paid the price. Believe me, I've seen all the jokes. I've seen all the hate. And I can shoulder all of that. No problem. All I want is for people to understand that when I made those bets, there was a hell of a lot more going on with me. And then he gets into it. It's hard for a dude like me to talk about. I want to be real with everybody. I was depressed. I was battling anxiety. I didn't want to leave my house. Football was the only thing that ever gave my life meaning. I couldn't even find any joy in it at that time. Honestly, I couldn't even get up uh, off the chair in my living room. Everything was just dot, 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 dark. Started with my body breaking down. Hardly anybody knows this. I played most of 2020 with a broken foot. Remember that 1,300-yard season, nine touchdowns? I was killing it on one foot, for real. Actually, I had played through bone spurs my first two years, just gritted it through with painkillers. But then my third year, wheels came off. Week eight at Carolina, I remember looking at Julio, and I just knew it. I said, nah, bro, this is different. This thing broke. (laughs) When I got the MRI, though, trainer told me it's just a bone bruise. So I kept pushing, took Toradol shots every Sunday, finished the year. Listen, I know the deal. I'm a football player. It was my decision. I know what we get paid for. You feel me? It's just really a bruise. I'm going to be out there. Well, we finished 4-12, and 12. whole staff got fired, coach, GM, trainer, everybody. New trainer finally came in, sent me to a specialist. Within the first hour, the doctor said, your foot is definitely broken. I was devastated. It was only two months before the start of the season. You're telling me it's broken? you got to remember, I'm now the number one guy. Julio's gone. Under so much pressure to be out there, I got this surgery, rushed back, showed up to camp, just mentally drained, still couldn't plant without painkillers. You get trapped in this cycle where it's like if you, can, if you take this pill, you can run. After practice, painkiller wears off. Got to come home, be a husband, a father. My daughter don't care. She's two. She's running straight to me. Daddy. She's wanting to bake cookies in the Fisher-Price oven, you know, but I'm coming home broken. I can't do anything but lie around in a dark room. And then he goes into greater detail and pulling himself out of that funk, uh, where he is right now. Again, asking for no sympathy. It is what it is. I own it. I'm a man. I'm ready to roll. Um, I'm going to show you uh, what I can be. 
But, you know, a dive into Calvin Ridley's pass isn't what most of the ears receiving this now. It's not the childhood any of y'all had, any of us had. Bounced to parents disappeared for different reasons. Bounced to foster care as an eight-year-old. You're the man of your three younger siblings screaming and wondering what the hell's going on. Tough, man. Homeless at times. So, he he's, uh, he's ready. He, and... To the football standpoint, let me go down to just to a little conclusion. Then I actually have a little bit of Calvin Ridley sound from a from um from an interview with Bucky Brooks. As for the betting, I just bleeped up. Period. In a dark moment, I made a stupid mistake. I wasn't trying to cheat the game. I want to make that clear. I'd been away from the team for a month. I was depressed, angry. Days were long. Looking for anything to take my mind off things. Saw a TV commercial for a betting app. I downloaded it on my phone, deposited like 1500 literally for something to do. I was going to bet 200 on some NBA games that night. Uh, added a bunch more games to parlay. I put the Falcons in on it. It was just doing it to root on my boys. I didn't have any inside information. I wasn't even talking to anybody. I was totally off the grid. So the depression, the anxiety, how he's learned to cope with that and the stress. He concludes, right now I feel stronger than I have ever felt mentally and physically. On the field, I am flying. Believe me, I'm flying. That GPS band don't lie. On my daughter's name, if I'm healthy with Trevor Lawrence, I'm giving Jacksonville 1,400 yards a season, period. Come on, somebody. So you wish uh, Calvin Ridley well for, for so many reasons. And, again, I just I just hit on the tips of the iceberg there on, on the personal story of, of Calvin Ridley. Um, meanwhile, Calvin Ridley visiting with Bucky Brooks – via Jaguars.com. Um, some interesting things here. Uh, first and and foremost, how about any conversations he's had with the Jags receivers that were here uh, already? Look, he's stepping into a role. I told you, Calvin Ridley's average, if you take his games, his yards, his catches, his touchdowns, his average is almost exactly the season that Christian Kirk had last year. Right? You got some guys. You got to be careful when you walk in. You know how to, you know, uh, let, let's – Space things out, right? Well, here he is, uh, JJ Cup Five conversation with the current Jags receivers. I talked to a couple of them. It, you know, it's been just, you know, really, you know, welcoming. Just, you know, we're happy to have you. Kind of, we haven't really got into the ball or nothing like that, but, you know, happy to have you. You know, I know where they know where they're going, and that I'm gonna be a part of that. And it only could just be, you know, a little better, you know. So it's been really just welcoming, honestly. He, he says he's excited to play with Trevor. Look, Trevor's a big key here, right? I mean, he, here's Calvin Ridley. When Don't forget, when the Jags traded for Ridley, Trevor's kind of stumbling along still. He'd had some moments, but overall, and boy, how things have changed. Uh, Ridley admits he was glued to the TV during that uh, fantastic uh, end of the season and then into the postseason run uh, that the Jags went on. Yeah, I mean, first of all, the Jags took me early, man. I was suspended, and they, they, they gave me a chance. They took a shot on me. I mean, I, I think, you know, I thank them so much for taking a chance on me early in that situation. It made me, you know, it gave me some energy. I had a team to watch. I had a reason to, you know, want to come back and be a great player. And like, like, like you said, they, were, they started playing amazing. So it was really fun for me to watch them, you know, get better. And I'm, I'm ready to get, get out there, man. That's all I could do. I don't really like to talk too much about it. <laughs> I just want to play. He does want to play from from more from that conversation. You can check that out at Jaguars.com or that, that Players Tribune article. Again, he bared his soul on where he's been and, and where he is now and, and 
from a football perspective, it seems like a good place, right? If you, if you just go by what you're, what you're seeing and you're hearing, it seems like a good place. We'll come back with a football fix. We are live here at the players. The uh, first tee shots are going to be hit here within minutes. Uh, Donna Murphy standing by all morning. In fact, we will be out here all day long with scoring updates three times an hour. So if you're out and about, you're going to get the very latest. We got shot link technology here. You know how the dudes, when you're watching, shot link says he's four feet eight inches, Bill. Well, we got shot link technology. So when you hear scoring update here, you know, it's there's no delay. It's the way everything stand here as the first round of the players is about ready to get going. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. Uh, the shock when I read the uh, one player every team, quote, must sign in free agency. Didn't see this one coming. That and more next on The Drill. Well, I, I mean, I, I guess Jim Beheim is out at Syracuse in just the most Jim Beheim of ways. Just as a crusty, rude, grumpy old man. Look, Beheim was always salty. Right? He was not, he just didn't, just not a real sociable, personable guy. But it's gotten over the top of late, right? He's had two or three incidents with student reporters where he's just a jerk. I mean, with fair questions by guys with a lot less experience than him that he bullies and jerks them around. And then last night, after they lose in the in the ACC tournament, 47 years at Syracuse, he just, like, starts intimating that he's basically already announced that he's leaving. And then he kind of makes it sound like, it's not his decision, and then Syracuse posts. It was just, just, just. I don't awkward and 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 vague, you know, intentionally vague. And and like I said, at at some point here, Jim Beheim just became a grumpy old man. So all you six o'clockers out there, pray for your boy here that when he's seventy-five, he hasn't just become grumpy old man. Thank you, please, thank you, and amen. Just give me just one my way. Hey, don't let Prosser become 75-year-old grumpy old man. And and listen, I don't need you right now to say he's already 55-year-old grumpy old man. Don't make me go Jim Beheim on you. Uh, JJ, fire up the band. We got a football fix, my brother. JJ back in studio. ET's out here roaming around. Donna Murphy giving scoring updates. And we got the news from the National Football League. As I told you, look, the Jaguars aren't going to be just, you know, completely inactive in free agency. You know, they're going to swing. They can get a $10 million a year type guy. I mean, there's there's some you just you're not going to have as much opportunity, right? You you can't throw your blanket over eight players and hope four of them are good. You're going to have to really be targeted and effective. And so when it comes to that, you think of what the needs are on this football team. And also consider the the draft access to to personnel, particularly by position you'll have. I, I could not believe the free agent that was suggested when I opened up a column that said one player every NFL team must sign in free agency. And so I, I took it here at face value that that the word must means must, which puts it uh, – by the way, you see a couple of Jaguars show up on other guys' lists. Carolina Panthers must sign. Dwan Smoot. The Chicago Bears must sign. Juwan Taylor. You're good, and, you know, people want your guys, right? But I go down to the Jaguars, man. This is the must sign, which, like, to me just screams of, oh, this is a weakness. You got a hole. You better get a, this guy. You better have a this position, and it better be this player. 
And the Jaguars must sign, according to this, tight end Mike Gazicki, Dolphins? Wait, what? Here's the explanation, even with Evan Ingram on a franchise tag. Evan Ingram will be back, but the Jaguars could put together a dangerous and flexible two tight end set featuring two strong receiving options in Ingram and Gasicki. Gasicki isn't much of a blocker, which is why he didn't fit with Mike McDaniel and what he wanted to do in Miami, but Doug Peterson did plenty of good things with two tight ends when he was in Philly. With more usage than he got in Miami last year, Gasecki could easily bounce back to his 2020 and 2021 levels when he had over 700 receiving yards each season. How about new? How about go spend that money on a defensive end? Hey, ESPN, um, stay off our, stay out of our team. Stop it. Go spend eight, twelve million dollars on Mike Gasecki to be a. Hold on now. To be a non-blocking tight end? Isn't that what Evan Ingram is? No. Use a, Look, if you need a tight end and all that, go get Dalton Kincaid in round one. Or the Notre Dame kid in round two. Who, uh, Darnell Washington. Who, uh, go get him then. A young one that you can develop and can become something. I'm going to pay a veteran tight end? Mike Asicki? Oh, by the way, after a year where he did like hardly anything statistically? Uh, no, thank you. It's just... Uh, I found I just I thought that was very strange, a very strange suggestion. I thought from ESPN when they suggested it should be a tight. That's a must signing, by the way. I mean, that's what really catches my eye here. By the way, the football fix is brought to you by our friends at the Jointon Creek Golf Club. By the way, the time is going to change this weekend, right? Don't we 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 go forward, don't we, Donna? I think we do. Yes. It is this Sunday, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So we go <laughs> uh, we go forward on Sunday. You lose an hour of sleep, but it does give us an hour longer in the afternoon. So that means the two man scrambles back on Thursday evenings at uh, the Joint Degree Golf Club. So give them a shout as you're making your tea time. Keep that in mind uh, as well. The Arizona Cardinals have cut wide receiver Robbie Anderson. This dude just doesn't doesn't catch wherever he goes. It just doesn't stick, right? Robbie Anderson, the Jets, he's going to be good. Ah, he's a problem. Go to Carolina, he's going to be there. Ah, he's a problem. Goes to the Cardinals, uh, no. Uh, the Jags, by the way, made it official. They'll get that $13 million in cap savings. Uh, Shaq Griffin was released yesterday. Um, uh, Saquon Barkley was tagged by the Giants, but the Giants, uh, according to their GM, working on making that a longer-term deal. Um. Meanwhile, the purging and the potential rebuilding uh, becomes even more in-depth. Free agency starts on Monday. That's Football Fix. You're welcome. It's brought to you by the Jointon Creek Golf Club. Again, the Thursday scramble starting again soon. If you haven't gone out and experienced the, the, the golf course since, they had the greens redone. Some other stuff is kind of growing in. Greens already tons better, but a work in progress. It is really going to see, I, I think, uh, the fruits show up big time in, as we get into April and May. So don't forget about the best value in golf, the Jointon Creek Golf Club. So, excuse me, the Hick and Rye will more come your way next. You're listening to The Drill. Ladies and gents, please put your hands together as Dan Hicken enters the studio. You know it! Uh, okay. <laughs> this boy just teed off 10. I'm surprised you're not over there following behind him with some sort of remote equipment. Uh, Get the glue gun on it. I'm going to uh, run out of here in about five minutes and go follow him for an hour. So I will be calling in, doing some live reports. You're going to do TV, aren't you? Is what I'm going to do. So, uh, yeah, great to mobile. be here. It's a beautiful time, and it's uh, let the games begin. This is the good part. 
Yeah, for sure. A lot of fun. Monday, and Tuesday, Wednesday are fine. It's great. Everybody has a good time. Lots of stuff to do, but now they can just focus on golf. I don't know if I've ever felt uh, we, we – Winds t- are uh, down today. Not like it's yesterday. It's chilly. Chilly. Chilly, though. Yeah, no, that, it looks like the worst winds of the week will have been yesterday. It looks like it's going to be uh, pretty we'll cooperative get a, we'll for most get, of the week. We'll get, a, we'll get a Thursday morning 66. For sure. Right. Yeah, it's calm and, and nice and yeah. wet and, yeah. and accepting. And by the end of the afternoon, the the greens get bumpier, the harder to yeah. make putts, and, and the wind picks up for sure. Lunchtime, you look at the flags. All of a sudden, they're waving, and it's almost cliche, but it's it's really true. I'm not sure. Alex Chaka will I, be in the lead. I, I'm not, yeah, he's done that before, right? <laughs> Phil Blackmar going to put a number. Up. Um, Bruce Litsky, oh, yeah. uh, a bunch of them back in the day. I, I, I don't know if I've ever felt less. Confident in saying who I think is going to win the tournament. Oh, I, I usually I'm usually on someone, and I'll double down. And I'll yeah, tell you this is your winner, this is yeah, your winner, this is your winner. Yeah. I guess if I had to, if I had to, like if I could only put my money on two guys, I think I'd go Scheffler, McElroy. But I know you're on Cantlay. Oh, I mean, I'm on him hard. Yeah, he just I got to see him win a big one. Oh, it's going to come. Yeah, he hasn't. It's won, about to happen. He hasn't won a big one. It's going to. Okay. Yeah, this is the one. Why wouldn't you just like <laughs> saddle up Max Homa just the same? Isn't he in about the same boat? Only he's likable. <laughs> Home was a great putter. We should have thought about Home that. Was more, Home was more popular pick. For sure. I like to get a little off. Well, well, Cantlay is the third favorite in the tournament, so, yeah, I don't know about that. Fourth. Fourth favorite, correct. No, Rom is below him. I mean, by, by opinion, not by oh, betting yeah, Vegas, odds. Yeah, yeah. Vegas, Vegas, baby. Vegas sure. is what it's all anyway, about. Anyway, but to your point, yeah, it's awesome. It's awesome to be able to go out to a golf tournament and know that no matter the star that you want to see, you can see him. And that's, you know, we take that for granted here. Dono and Taylor Birdie's number 10, feel free to just wave and break in and let us know, yes. let the listeners know that. Hickens tracking Taylor Montgomery. Yes, that Montgomery's making a Did a you charge. put Taylor Montgomery in your fantasy team at least? No. I just don't understand. He probably didn't cost a point. I went up high. I went top. I went up high, guys. We'll have to do our comparison here during the break. I'm in so much golf this weekend. Hick, I got our fantasy there. I got brunch for the tour. I do a bait bet with Captain Kevin Favor. It's fantastic. Yeah. Six cold cans of bait on the line. Mm -hmm. And then I went ahead and dabbled a little bit of this, you know, this, you know, fan duel drafting. Yes. Yes. I love it. Kind of nonsense. I love it. That I'm into today. So good stuff, man. So you're on Cantlay. You're picking Cantlay. If I got to pick a winner, (coughs) part of me is. I, I'm, I'd say Scheffler. That's what I go with. Listen, we and got, I didn't pick him, by the way. Well, when, we, <laughs> when we come back, we'll dive into. We've got some. We got some relationship stuff to dive what into. What do you mean? What's wrong? Oh, with who that, is it? I mean, it's all. It's everywhere. Okay. I can't. I can't. It's blowing my head up. Did you spend some time in a in a in a bubble bath no, with the People I don't magazine? Even, I don't even have to. It's oh. everywhere. Oh my! I haven't noticed. It's rocked the country. You. Like the, you're you're more in tune with these storylines. I don't know oh. the relationship you're talking. Is it Harry and, well, and Megan? What time of the year is it? What is this week? It's the what what tournament are we at? We're at the players. And what happens seemingly every time there's a players, uh, there seems to be a controversy oh, surrounding golf's greatest. Oh, oh that Tiger. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got you. yeah. So, so we got to start with that one. Yeah, I don't. This, okay. <laughs> what? No, is no, that no. not worth talking about? No, 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 it is. It's mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Very relevant. He yeah. tricked her. He tricked her out of the house. <laughs> you know what that says? She, <laughs> w- she wouldn't leave. Uh, <laughs> when you got to trick a girl out of your house, then I'm sure you've asked her a bunch of times. She signed an 11-year deal. An 11-year deal to live there? That's what I read. Yeah. She I got an 11-year deal? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know about some of this. This one what sounds the heck sketch is going to me. On? This sounds like 
Yeah, I don't know what's going on, but I, this does not sound like anything like the, the, the what we've seen out of Tiger at his worst. And that pales in comparison. This sounds like you're not allowed to break up with me or I'm going to tell everyone every time you burped. <laughs> that, That's what it sounds like to me. That pales in comparison to the, what's the other one? To the Vanderpump Rules deal. See, I don't watch that. Oh, one. my I don't, God. I don't know what that Good is. Good gracious I've almighty. Seen like one of those little bar servers is cheating on another one or something. That's all I know. And I don't care. And you saw it. You're darn right. You don't watch it, it, and you saw it. No, I didn't see it. You just said one of them's cheating on the other no, one. No, I saw a headline. Is all <laughs> That's I saw. what I mean. You yeah. saw it. But I didn't it's really, everywhere. I, I, didn't really, I don't like the Vanderpump lady. I, I, I just like her very badly. Well, it's not yeah. her. Well, it's her show. It's her brand. <laughs> it's so, not, yeah. It's not yeah, her. It's 100%. all the little. All the headline the, I read that was <laughs> she was uncomfortable about whatever happened, so that's enough for me. <laughs> she's uncomfortable. <laughs> if she's uncomfortable, I'm glad. Vanderpump. She's got that little stupid dog. I'm sure. What about that dainty husband? She's still carrying him around? Oh, yeah. 40 years that of little, going strong. That little great nut. Why don't we applaud him for hanging in there for yeah, 40 with her? Yeah, I don't know who's got the money. I'm hoping she does because that – although he's equally as untenable. I don't know what to tell you. Mm. It's a perfect pairing. Two yeah. just awfully this is a, this hard is to a, like people. This is a stunner is what this one is. So we'll have to <laughs> – it's but, just a mess, man. I don't uh, know. Oh, no. Love just doesn't – What is the dog's name? Like Poofy or something <laughs> Love too, just doesn't work it? anymore. Donna, you ever watch those housewife shows? No. Any of those good for yeah. you, girl? Yeah. No way. Yeah. 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 I Vanderpump turned right to Donna, rules. by the way. This is – Put it on her. She yeah. must watch. Nope. Look at that. Look at that girl. She must watch that. That's trash. <laughs> mm. Yeah, <there> fascinating. <laughs> Love but, it. But the tiger and all serious. Yeah, tiger. I I don't think this one's gonna stick, man. New York Post ire of tiger. <laughs> he's he's ticked, didn't he? I bet he's mad. Oh jeez. I don't. Yeah, I don't know, man. Oh boy. Yeah, that always seemed like a weird one from the get go. Yeah, it did. And yeah, there's, that's something strange, man. You're she gr- wants thirty million. That's, you're a grown. You're a grown a woman, man. People are allowed to break up with you. It's not like I don't get it. Thirty m's. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want thirty million. You do? Well, date Tiger. You might get it. I'll, I would date Tiger for thirty million. Jeez. Oh, we JJ? You rolling on that? Yep. Same. Uh, that one we may need to keep forever. Uh, oh gosh. Well, what do we got today? We got a lot to do. So. Well, what do you mean? What do we got? We got yeah, tons well, we of stuff. Golf. We got. We got. College hoops notes. We got KD going down the world. Did you see it? Yes. I mean, it wasn't even like of the landing foot. It was I, like the plant foot to go up. He just. I think I, think I saw. I think someone suggested four to six weeks, but I can't imagine that could be four to six weeks. But if it is, my gosh, he's done. Well, he's brittle. He's brittle. No, that's soft too. Because I'll tell you why. I'm watching North Carolina playing for their tournament life, mm-hmm. and the Baycott kid. Turned his I ankle yeah. worse than KD. He came back. Came back and played the second half, right? Yeah, yeah. Maybe KD's got one of LeBron's sore feet. Could he be might. that. Why Could be a sore here, foot. It's <laughs> a mess, though. I mean, yeah. guy's in a warm-up line. I, and again, the, the weird part was he didn't. Even, it's not like he came down awkward. He just the the foot he was going up on. He could, he rolled it. What the, I mean, and that was his home debut. Right? Do you walk much? No, what, there was no that? debut. Yeah, <laughs> supposed to be. Supposed to be. Yeah, Luca. Luca's done. He's going to be out for a while. Does he have a thigh or quad or him and him and Kyrie are winning anyway? It's just bizarre, man. All right, uh, I got to run. I'll be okay. right back. That's exciting. Uh, Hold off on downtime, JJ. We'll do that in the next segment. Yeah, there you go, JJ. You've been gotten some uh, proper instruction there. Is yeah, there he goes. Mogul. He, he rips open that quarter zip. He's got a like an M instead of an S. It's an M. He go mogul. <laughs> right. You know, yeah. Mogul going to go over there and in- infotain that that um, that rabbit action news. CBS forty seven, Fox thirty. That crew. Okay, that's where he's headed.
going to go over there and wow the the, the, the news watchers this morning. You're going to give sure them stuff. It wasn't a W for Woods. Uh, maybe it is. <laughs> he's, he's worried about that Tiger story, wasn't he? Uh, he's ready to get into that. Well, if you didn't miss, I, maybe I, you know, I meant to mention that at six o'clock hour and got distracted with what I consider other good relevant stuff. But yeah, so Tiger. I mean, I'm just just drawing conclusions here, and I read all the juicy stories, and I read the factual stories, and the bottom line, it looks like Tiger had been ready to break up with this girl for a while. She just wouldn't leave. He tricked her to leave the house, <laughs> then he locked her out and changed the locks, and then she came back with, yeah, no, you can't do that. Uh, well, then, okay, then I want to tell everybody everything, but they signed an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. And now she doesn't want to abide by that because apparently Tiger was not allowed to break up with her. That's what it seems like. I, I can look again. I don't mean. And and by the way, she used a clause to break the NDA that brings in like like assault or sexual assault and stuff. But it's immediately clear that it doesn't involve anything Tiger did, which is also strange to me. I don't know how that would affect the NDA if it doesn't involve him. But it just sounds like. She hit the mother load when somehow Tiger Woods decided to make her his girlfriend for a while. Right. And then after five, six years in that role, she's just not willing to. It feels like a Lifetime movie is what it feels yes. like. And again, that's just me reading stuff. And I, I don't know. That may all be, she may be the nicest woman in the world. And Tiger may have done her wrong. Maybe he was rude. But, I, you know, I don't know about She me. seems crazy. But I, I, Okay, yes. right? Yes. So that's not just me. Yeah, no. it seems a little, yeah. By the way, uh, for Dan, uh, Taylor Montgomery did birdie. Birdie 10. Yes, he did. Oh, he's got to be so excited right now. I feel like like sending, you know, just streaking. Oil. He would lead his news hit with that. Yes, he would. Taylor Montgomery is birdie <laughs> number one. Why you sound like that? I got to do what I got to do. I worked with him for a long time. I could probably pull off a uh, uh, an impression or two. All right, let's do this. Uh, we got you going here on the 7 o'clock hour. Donna's got scoring updates in uh, anybody but. Montgomery Birdie, do we have the sole lead here? Is uh, that what we're doing? No, there's a three-way tie. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Three dudes have come right out of the gates with birdies. Good for them. We'll get those scores and more three times an hour. You get that from uh, from Donna Murphy. We are set up here all day. 1010XL is set up here all day, all, all night, tomorrow, all weekend, as we bring you the very best coverage uh, live from round one of the players. It is a custom tree surgeon Thursday. Uh, no job too big, too small. They're doing it better than everyone else. They treat you like you want to be treated as a consumer quite frankly. So um, you probably don't need them today. You may not be tomorrow or this week, but when you do have a, either a tree emergency or just some maintenance that you need to get done, I've done the legwork for you. You just go to Custom Tree Surgeons at CustomTreeSurgeons.com. All right, so, uh, you know, one of the charms of the players <clears throat> is watching the guys that you perhaps haven't heard of make a statement at some point. Listen, the way this day is set up right now, weather-wise, there's going to be some low scores this morning. But, I I mean, I, I can I can throw the name at you right now of a leader, of a guy who just started Birdie Eagle, and I promise you, you've never heard of him. Like, I could give you – We four, got a Birdie Eagle? I could give you a name of a player, and then I could name – pick three guys out of a phone book and say identify the guy who just went Birdie Eagle, and I'm not sure you'd be able to get it. Is that one and two? Off of one and Andrew two? Andrew Smotherman. Austin Smotherman. There you go. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he just went Birdie Eagle. Austin Smotherman. Yeah. He led a tournament somewhere. Did he? You know him. Yeah. I know. I'm just being a little facetious. Yeah. Your boy. Uh, He's a first-timer, right? Yeah. Well, your boy made a birdie on one. Look at him. What did Montgomery do on, on 11? Did he make another birdie? It's early. He's yeah, just, he's not done yet. He's on oh. it. Yeah, I thought he was just playing with Smotherman, though. No. Oh. Is Smotherman on one and two, or is he on? Oh, I thought he I was. I bet he's off one and two. He has to be. Yeah. yeah. He must be. His two's an eagle. 
Yeah, so it's 11. Today. So it's easy to get oh, confused, yeah. right? Yeah, They're very yeah, yeah, similar, yeah. you know, first two holes. You know, we had it, – it's become cliche for – You know, about, I'm not much of a golfer, but I know this course so well. Like, it's the only course right. I could – you could tell me, yeah. hey, this hole. I go, I know that hole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. so funny. Like, well, for funny. me, I'm like, I don't, you know. But. There's, there's one hole everyone knows, and, I, you know, I don't, there's no official list. If you go into the World Golf Hall of Fame, they don't, they don't rank them. Mm-hmm. Pretty sure we're home to the most famous hole in the sport of golf worldwide. Absolutely. The 17th hole of our golf tournament mm-hmm. is the most famous golf hole on the planet. That's yeah. pretty amazing, too. Like, oh, we, yeah. we take it for granted, and it's only a 137-yard shot, yeah. but, man, it has created a bunch of hijinks through the years. It's the most iconic hole in golf, isn't it? And, and, and well-known and yeah. famous. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, Mark Kalkovecchia said this mm-hmm. about the 17th hole. Okay. It's like having a 3 o'clock appointment for a root canal. You're thinking about it all morning. You feel bad all day. You kind of know sooner or later you got to get to it. <laughs> Look, it, you say, oh, it's only 137 yards. It's 24 yards wide. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't take much. The way the winds blow here, yeah. even the best in the game, if they get a little too much spin or a little, you know, a, a little too much either behind it or, or against it, it it leads to some crazy. Um, Spieth and Greller on 17 on a windy day would be great theater because Spieth is such a talker. Yeah. You know, and he's just always and, – and then when he hits it, it's never – you know, it's it's like, what what did that just do? Jeff, what did that just do? It went right. Well, I hit it to the – I don't understand. I hit that thing perfectly. It borders on annoyance. <laughs> uh, last year, 17. Again, hundred. if you put 137-yard par three, Dan, uh-huh. if you took that water away and the hole looked exactly like this one, only green grass between you and the green. Right. Okay? Yep. These dudes would probably average two and a half on the hole. Yeah. There's nothing. you got the bunker right, right, in the right, front, right. a little bunker. Some everything, about water. Everything else is just the same, right? Yep, yep. And there's some – more difficulties, not just the water, but having to hold, having to do stuff. But yeah. last year, the best players in the world mm-hmm. averaged 3.265. 44 players in the field had a double bogey or worse. Oof. 44 of 144. Roughly a third doubled the hole last year. That's amazing. Think about that. Brooks Kepka, mm-hmm. who's no longer eligible here, mm-hmm. is 20 over par at 17 since 2015, his first players. Wow. That's just, it's amazing what it does. That is amazing. Last year, uh, Kepka put tee shots in the water in the first and second rounds, making a double and a triple on the hole. Mm-hmm. It was kind of a happy accident. If you remember back in the day, it wasn't just it wasn't like the initial like dream and design. Mm-hmm. The words diabolical and Pete Dye appeared together often. Um, he was legendary for his hidden challenges, and we had Bobby Weed who who you worked did. with him yesterday on. But Pete Dye, if you've been to Pete Dye courses, you know he likes to put bunkers and trees and waters just in the wrong spots to make you uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, pros didn't much care for Dye, uh, uh, Dye's design back in the day. Ben Crenshaw called Sawgrass, quote, Star Wars golf designed by Darth Vader. <laughs> That's a good one. Uh, Jack Nicholas offered this bone-dry reply. He was asked if he liked the course. No, I've never been very good at stopping a five-iron on the hood of a car. <laughs> But the most wicked of the design, um, 17, came about by accident. It was initially designed as a straightforward par three with a lake partially fronting the green. Mm-hmm. Die carved into the sand around what is now 17. He kept digging and digging. Uh, when his wife, Alice, a course designer in her own right, saw the in-progress excavation, she, su- she suggested that they just wrap the lake in- around the entire green. Wow. 
50,000 redistributed yards of sand later, the island green was uh, born. I'm ready to say... Ironically, though, the most famous shot wasn't a shot at all. The most famous shot on the whole ever was a putt. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. And it was by... Um, Tiger. It was by uh, Tiger. Better than most. Better than most. So, I'm ready to say uh, uh, that the Gator baseball team is, is back. Okay. Have They're they back. been gone? I didn't realize they were gone. Yeah, they hadn't done anything in three years. Okay. They didn't do anything in COVID. They lost regionals at home. They got embarrassed like yeah, yeah. 18 to 1. Yeah, 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 they've been gone. No. But I they've mean, been they've gone been, for a long but time. they've been a tournament team. You're just saying they're back as like a World Series. Yeah, uh, they're all tournament contender. teams. I don't give a damn about oh, tournament okay. teams. It's all about going to Omaha. All right. And, and, and I'm ready to say that this is a team that Why, is what more happens? Than capable. I, is this off of something last night? Or just well, they won 11 general? to nothing last night. And, um, is it FAU again? Yeah, and uh, Jack Tani hit a grand slam. <laughs> yeah, there. This kid is uh, this kid is something special, man. I mean, I'm trying I heard to the find balls his... are juiced. Well, they are juiced. There's no question about that, dude. Uh, the college baseballs are they're the the the. the I, mean, I have the comparison somewhere here, JJ, and I wanna I wanna share it because I saw it yesterday. And if I can find it, I'll find it. But it is um, – yeah, yeah, hold on. I think I got it right here. It's uh, – yeah, here it is. Through 20 days of NCAA baseball, in 2022, there were 2,689 home runs. Okay, follow a year ago. This year there's 3,462 home runs from 2,689 to 3,462. We went from 1.69 per game to 2.15. Okay? Classic so, Manfred. <laughs> well, have you seen there's a similar story going on in Major League Baseball with the stolen bases? What's that? The game is completely – they're stealing bases left and right. They're going to they're gonna set a record between the pitch clock and the limited time you have – in the limited amount of times you can throw over. They're stealing bases at like an 88% clip, bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't process the numbers. I just saw them flash before me. But like stolen bases through this many games in spring training is like tripled. And the I bases are a little bigger. A little makes a little bit of a difference, right? I mean, it's not a huge difference, but an inch or two on each side, it could be you know on a bang bang play, you're you're safe. JJ, I don't have a computer in front of me. See if you could see that stat that I saw. Just comparing stolen bases, the the pace that they're on, and the success rate, how it compares. I it seemed like that hit like a. Couple of different spots yesterday. I, I saw talking about that. So yeah, they're at an all-time high rate for this time period we have in spring training. Yeah, seventy-three percent success rate so far. Okay, well there you go. One point five stolen base attempts per game. And again, here's the deal: you can only throw over twice. So once you do that, well, as soon as he's on the rubber, go. Yeah. I mean, right? I mean, can I, can Dumbest you step off? Dumbest rule the... ever, by the way. Yeah, I don't like though. There, it's gonna. It's it's clunky. Because you also run into this with the pitch clock. If you're the runner and the and you see that the clock's down to two seconds left, they're taking off. Yeah, he, he doesn't have time to, you know. Yeah. So it's it's it is a really 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 big change in in the sport and the way the game is played. And I no one's paying attention now, guys. Right? We're not paying attention. Like you guys weren't aware. I wasn't aware until I saw it yesterday. Well, we don't watch a lot. When of you get to the regular season, yeah. though, that's going to jump You're out at go, you. Hey, what's going on here? Well, we saw it all spring training. Well, I wasn't paying attention yeah. during spring because you know, the World Baseball Classic started too. Yeah, and uh, but anyway, uh, so this kid Jack Tani, Jack Caglione, who pitches as well, JJ, your Kane's got a little taste of him too. His OPS is fourteen forty nine. 
He's now this is in fourteen games. What's a Gators record? Are they? I think they're ten and three or something. Eleven and three. Anyway, he's got uh, sixty-two at bats, and he's got eleven home runs, twenty-five ribs. His slugging is a thousand. Uh, he's hitting three eighty-seven. Uh, he hit a double yesterday at one hundred twenty exit velo. He's, I mean. Five doubles and 11 home runs. 16 of his and 62 at-bats, 16 extra base hits. He is Where's my Gator baseball uh, ignorance? I usually start paying attention in, like, May when the tournament starts. Uh-huh. Is is he a freshman? Is he new to the team? No, he was there last year, but he's kind of hurt. Okay. He's a Tampa Did he play kid. at all last year? A little bit. So he is uh, he is tearing it up. Did along. he get drafted out of high school? I don't know if he did or not, but, you know, because you got the, the, the kid that everybody was raving about going into the year, Wyatt Langford who is uh, going to be a top probably five pick in the MLB draft, is hitting 455. His OPS is 1561, and he's got eight home runs. So, I mean, these guys are just mashing uh, the baseball, is, is my point. I couldn't – I yeah. No, it, it, it's – and you've declared Florida back, so I'm excited I'll be watching yeah, they're the back. World Series. They're back. Year. That's good. What yeah. about that pitching, Dan? What about that bullpen seems to give up seven or eight in the eight, well, eighth inning every now and then? that bullpen threw, gave up two hits yesterday. Okay. So, All right. the talent's there. All they right. just got to work through I'll some things. I'll trust you. Yeah. I couldn't help but, but think back to – because of my age and because of how they played and how good it, that it was at the time, mm-hmm. I think my favorite stretch of college basketball in my life – was that mid-'80s with the Big East when it was at its forefront? It was good stuff. St. John's and yeah. Georgetown and Syracuse. I mean, they had battles. Mm-hmm. Big John Thompson and Jim Beheim and Derek Coleman and Chris Mullen and Walter Berry. It was just a terrific four or five. Villanova with, with the team that shocked Georgetown. I mean, Big East basketball was the pinnacle of college hoops there for about six or seven years. Do you agree with that? Yes. I mean, they had a year where there's three of them in the Final Four, right? Billy D's year as a player at Providence. It was just a really good – and, buddy, they had some wars now. I mean, we had, we had bench-clearing brawls with regularity on the big pit, another team from that era that was a really good team. So, it was fantastic basketball, and I couldn't help to just think back with particular sadness as two of the icons of that era just kind of lamely walked away from their jobs. <laughs> two of them? Two of them. Who's the other one? Well – I mean, first, uh, Patrick Ewing, it's almost pathetic what he became at Georgetown. Why did you even go? But he hasn't been fired yet, has he? He's he gone. He's got to be. Yeah, yeah, he's I, he's going to leave. I mean, come on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you can ever recreate what John Thompson did there, but Patrick Ewing, it's sad to look at him in his press conferences. Yeah, no. And then the other is just the guy who just emerged into just grumpy old man, is all Jim Beheim was at the end. Yeah, Jim Beheim. surly, grumpy you know, insulting jerk. So goodbye. And by the way, ended in perfect Bayhine. Did you see the awkward ending yeah, where he wouldn't really say what happened? Here's what happened, Jim. They fired you, and you're too proud to even say it. They told you we won't be needing you next year. In the last no. three years, in the last three years, it's uh, Roy Williams, Coach K, and Bayhine. And Bayhine have all gone. Yeah, and they're all three going to go years in a row. Three, three and they're years. all going to go with guys who are from the program who've never been head coaches. That already happened with Hubert Green. Oh, yeah, yeah. It happened with Shire, and it's going to happen. This Remember Adrian Autry? Yeah. I guess he's their guy, that guy that they're expecting will be named. The, they're all, they're all the coach uh, there. parts of the, part of the family. Beheim was never really, like, 
warm and fuzzy, right? He was always no. kind of acerbic even, but he's right. just gone off the wall rude in the last few years. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, I'm not even being mean. He just is just he, he, incorrigible. Uh, I would hate to cover I think that. He's second all time in wins, he is. right? Yeah, behind, and he had a hundred taken away. He, he's he's a couple hundred behind Shishovsky. So I love when they take him away from people. Well, I mean, what are we doing? I, well, I mean, C. Vernon Maxwell. They yeah. act like the guy didn't play at Florida. Did they take some stupid. away from Kleckler? I don't. Yeah, for the Lavernius year, maybe. I think they took some. I don't know what it was for. I don't remember. But Mark, I know they took some away from Bob. They may have. That's Can't silly. Do that. No, Cut it's it dumb. Out. Right. Yeah. That is. That's because uh, that, they got caught and nobody else did. I mean, come on. What are we doing? But anyway, yeah. Beheim is done. Um, this is a great weekend. You forget. I mean, selection Sunday. It, it, it's not near as fun when your team's not relevant. No. And here locally, FSU and Florida both, you know, Gators went to the day. bathroom in the bed, so to speak. Gators play fairly early. Today. They play today, and if, if they should somehow beat Mississippi State, who they did beat on the road this year, they'd yeah. have to play Alabama, I believe. Mm. They lost to them by 30. Yeah, they won't uh, be able to play with Alabama. No. And there, there is no Cinderella path for this. This Florida team is incapable of winning four in a row against good teams. Correct. And they play four good teams because mistake by the luck of the draw, the first team they play is a pretty good team, probably a tournament team. Yeah, yeah. Mike White went out too, though. He went out yesterday. Yeah. I didn't pay. Uh, LSU got I didn't pay him. much. I do like this. If I'm going to watch basketball this time of year, though, I will. I'll, I like catching these conference tournaments where it's all or nothing. Yeah, they're fun to watch. Like there is no time during the year where you'll stop on a regular season college basketball game and really get into it, unless it's a team you like. But if you stop on Texas A&M, you know, Commerce and Northwestern State, and it's a one point game with six minutes to go. You would never stop and watch those two teams play basketball is my point. I saw a Lenardi uh, graphic had the last four out. and First four out or? First four out, whatever. One of those groups where Carolina was. Carolina right. won. Oklahoma State won. Um, but Whiskey lost. Yeah, Wisconsin's no – So Whiskey, some, whiskey I don't ain't making it. Some of those I don't understand. Why. I don't know why anyone thinks Penn State should get in over North Carolina. That just doesn't make yeah. any sense to me. And then, uh, did I read correctly? UCLA lost one of their star players? Yeah, I'm off of them. Defensive player of the year in the Pac-12. Yeah, he's the yeah. short guy with a lot of hair? Not super short, no. Is he the guy with a lot of hair? No. That's not the him? other guy. No, this oh. guy's like a 6'5", 6'6". Oh, guy. okay. The point guard is still around. He's got an odd name. Um, okay. No, he's still there. He's, uh, he's probably their say. This guy is not their best player. He's probably their third best player, but their best defender. Yaquez is their best player. Yeah, he's their best. He's really good. Jaime Jaquez. Jaime. Yeah. Jaime Jaquez. Yeah. It's a soft J. Jaquez. Both ways. Yes. I love that. He likes to go to Barney's, apparently. (laughs) He's been to Barney's. Got a good good steak steak there. Sure. Or is it a Yeah, yeah, something like that. But anyway, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, that's a guy. That's a team that I think could have, could have, could have percolated as a contender. I haven't made the naked pledge yet. I mean, where's the guy with his idiotic uh, forecast? It's early. We got to get always, the But he always puts out. teams at right. Somebody's going to come out and say that one of these sixteen teams will win, but there'll be like six on there that no, they won't. And I will proclaim who that is. I and, saw the Texas Tech guy also resigned. Yeah. So he left. He, I mean, at some point, I guess you just become too old for common sense at no point yeah. should your metaphors include masters and slaves yeah I, I, there's no point uh. it just makes no sense yeah i don't care what you're quoting quote shakespeare the bible or yeah. you know uh, of mice and men you just it's just i mean how dumb are you john steinbeck no maybe maybe the great sure. wrath for sure yeah mice and men maybe joyce I just want that. i have no idea is joyce even a writer or is joyce a a, a poet like, literally, no one knows. This, this is a big one for me. A big win for the Atlanta Hawks last night. I mean, of I Mice and Men, author. 
We're down. John Steinbeck. Good, good for you. Boo. Um, <laughs> I tell you what, we've yes, talked about it because our teams tend to, to blow a lead, or you talk about a team blowing the lead. Mm-hmm. It feels like they're – I'm ready for the, the, the graphic to come up here soon that tells me that no NBA season in history has seen more blown leads of 15 points or more. Like last night, we oh, Atlanta yeah. trailed by 16 last night. We talked about this yesterday. Came back it's, crazy. it's so it's so. We talked about it more in terms of like just the Celtics. Yeah, but know. it means nothing. Leads mean nothing in the first NBA. first half, 15-point lead is yeah it nothing. Is, it's always a game. But I at continue the end. to be. I, I continue to marvel at it in this respect. The professional team. So if one team gets up 15, they're a professional team. So why do they? And I know the other team is too, but that they ought to be able to snuff out with a with a bucket. To stop the bleeding when they need it. They don't. It's too easy to hit threes, man. Everybody can make threes. You're right. We haven't haven't talked much about Calvin Ridley's uh, post on on the players. Yeah, Ridge came through yesterday. It's a big deal. It's uh, a lot of excitement around him, obviously, and uh, he's promising us 1,400 yards. So I love that part. Go get you some. I I think, and for fans, you know, sometimes we we get caught up in the fantasy stats and the highlights and and the transactions and. Calvin really gives you a glimpse into kind of what his life has been like, what the last couple of years have been like. And, yeah. And more than anything. Oh, in the Players' Tribune. Yeah, article, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. It's just more of That's a – That's a good read. Yeah, it's a very good read. And you know what? I, I mentioned this to – I mentioned this to, to E.T. earlier, Hick. Mm-hmm. You know, that Players' Tribune, I'm sure it's been great. I'm sure there's been all kinds of good stuff in it. We have been so irrelevant that never has it been anything that makes you want to go, oh, let me read that. Right. Right? About right. Trevor after the season and his – a love letter to the Jack fan base, and now um, uh, here with Ridley yesterday, and Ridley will get gets very personal about the, the struggles that he's had and what he's overcome, and how how ready he feels like he is now. So you can you can check that out. It's it's linked just about anywhere. Google Players Tribune Calvin Ridley. That's the way best way to get there. The quickest way to get there. Well, let's take a break. We'll keep it rolling. We've got Doc Murphy on deck, right? And part of Ridley's what I was going to say to set up Doc Murphy, but yes, that's right. Part of what I was going to say is you know Ridley. A lot of Ridley's troubles came from trying to play through pain, being misdiagnosed with an injury, mm-hmm. and, and then that leading to from the physical to the mental, you know, struggles that, that he had. So I'm interested right. to talk to Doc about that. We got Cat Chat today. We're going to talk to uh, Jared Rice, the Natalie attired. I see him. Is he is he bopping around? He's already? kind of posturing. I, I like to do like a like a like a peacock when he walks around on a, you know. In a farm, that's kind of Jared over there right now. He's, He's just walking peacock. around. Yeah, you know, spreading his wings. Look, look at me. Look how well dressed I am. Wow, shades and coffee, cool for school. Okay. We'll have him later. Anyway, uh, you're listening to the drill. Don's got a scoring update already. The numbers have changed. You'll get him three times an hour well. as you listen to the drill on a custom tree surgeon's Thursday. Southeast Orthopedic Specialist is not affiliated with the NFL or the Jacksonville Jaguars. Discussion regarding injuries is solely based on opinion. Coming up, the weekly Southeast Orthopedic Specialist Medical Report featuring Dr. Kevin Murphy, a board-certified orthopedic surgeon specializing in sports medicine, upper extremities, and arthroscopy of the shoulders and knees. Dr. Murphy is a nationally and internationally recognized orthopedic expert. He's a former orthopedic consultant to the White House and the Pentagon and currently serves as head team physician for UNF, the Jacksonville Iceman, and Northeast Florida. Florida area high schools. Oh, the bacon is sizzling. My pick to win is 
Got about a 14-footer for a par on number 10. God, this is starting. It's the first hole of the tournament. Doc, I'm so, in a Doc, I need to, I need some therapy right hey, now. Doc, I'm a mess. I'm a wreck. Doc, I don't, I'm not sure it's an orthopedic <laughs> issue, but how many slices of bacon can I comfortably and safely eat? Because I'm at about 12 already this morning. Have I pushed it past the limit? I think you're probably at the limit. All right. Well, good place. I'll to take stop. that under advisement. Doc, did you see Kevin Durant roll his ankle in pregame last night? I did not. Yeah. Doc, in all seriousness, it was one of the more – take it from a guy who's got a cranky ankle. I once turned mine and dropped an entire plate of food just standing in line at a cafeteria. So I get it when it gets a little bit weak. But, you know, I'm, I'm wearing dress shoes and slacks. I'm not prepared for a basketball game. It, he, he turned it on, on, like, the plant foot as you go up for a, for a layup. Like, at running at a quarter speed, and I'm just like, do they not tape the ankle? I don't see how you could have a taped ankle and injure that ankle as he did. Again, he didn't do it coming down on the plant foot. He didn't do it in traffic. He didn't do it as he rose up for a jumper and someone stepped underneath him. He didn't step off of a stair. He just literally was at, at half speed going up off his left foot to shoot like a little layup, and it, and it just rolled and twisted on him. Mm. Yeah, to your point, usually you see that when somebody steps on somebody's shoe and it rolls them. But, you know, guys that have chronically loose ankles like that, it doesn't take much. You know, uh, it, he's got no ligaments there. They've been torn for a long time. And the thing just has no stability at all. I'm just – it just what, – what I took out of that, I was just amazed. Well, I'm surprised this guy has made it this long. I mean, if he's, well, yeah. if it's, if he's that susceptible, I mean, he's running through traffic and shooting jumpers – you know, 30, 30 minutes a night, uh, and and now this just with, like, no defense, no urgency, no nothing, that they're saying he may be out for a few weeks. Yeah, well, the impact of that is his body weight goes from his tibia to his talus, and it just smacks those bones together. So yeah. a lot of times you'll get injuries to the end of the bone, and you can get loose pieces, you get long-term, you get arthritis because of that. Doc, I got a, a question that I've gotten from a listener, and I've noticed this with a lot of young baseball players. And when I say young, I'm talking like I've seen it as young as 12, 13, 14, 15 in that area. And these kids are getting this, this PARS fracture in their back. And so yeah. he, his son has a bilateral PARS fracture of the L5 vertebrae, uh, they say it affects around one in twenty teen athletes. What is the, what would you say is the best course of treatment, and is is surgery an option in this? Well, the pars interarticularis is basically the connection of the vertebral bodies going out to the periphery. Uh-huh. And if you have a fracture there, more commonly in linemen pushing, when you it's a hyperextension type moment. So mm-hmm. when you're pushing against resistance, when you're hyperextending your back. Right. Gymnasts get a lot, a little less common in baseball players. But when you have that, if it's acute and you get an MRI and it lights up and it shows edema there that it just recently happened, right. typically you put that in a brace and immobilize that for a period of time to get it to heal. The ones that are chronic, you do an MRI and it shows that it, there's no inflammation there, there's no uptake there showing it just happened, that mm-hmm. it's more of a chronic problem. And you can play through that. If the, the issue with it, 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 it's a little bit of an instability issue. So the vertebral bodies can slide on one another, and they slip. So you, you get a, I don't want to throw a big word, but it's a 
spondylolisthesis, thesis where the, the vertebral body shifts on one another. And, and that, when that starts happening, then you, then you fix that. You do surgery, or if it's a painful thing for the, the athlete and you can't get it go, to go away, you can right. operate on that and fuse that area. Doc, uh, is, it, is it swinging the bat that causes it for baseball, do you think? No, nah, nah, it's usually not a rotational thing like you, it's a hyperextension thing, maybe okay. diving into a base and uh, okay. head first. Or, mm-hmm. uh, hard to know in a baseball player, but it's, right. it's usually more of a hyperextension pushing activity that gets you that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Doc, I'm going to read you a little excerpt from uh, Calvin Ridley wrote in the Players' uh, Tribune yesterday. Just a long article, just kind of a letter of, of where he stands right now after he's went down a, to a dark place, but first physically and then mentally. So I'm going to read you a little synopsis that he wrote and then explain it to me, how this happened, okay, as best you can. <clears throat> it started with my body breaking down. Hardly anybody knows this. I played most of 2020 with a broken foot. Remember that 1,300-yard season, nine touchdowns? I was killing it on one foot for real. I had played through bone spurs my first two years, just gritted through it with painkillers. But then my third year, the wheels came off, week eight, playing at Carolina. I looked at Julio. I just knew it. I said, nah, bro, this is different. My blank broke. When I got the MRI, though, the trainer told me it was just a bone bruise, so I kept pushing. I took Toradol shots every Sunday. I finished the season. Listen, I know the deal. I'm a football player. It was my decision. I know what we get paid for. You feel me? It's just really a bruise. I'm going to be out there. We go 4-12. and 12. The whole staff gets fired. Coach, GM, head trainer, everybody. When the new trainer finally came in, he sent me to a specialist. Within the first hour, the doctor said, your foot is definitely broken. Well, mm. you know, some of these bone bruises or stress fractures um if there's a linear component to it on the mris uh, or it can progress to that so if you have a deep bone bruise that then you continue to beat up you can actually create a fracture where it's a linear signal through it now whether it displaced or not if it displaced he would have you know contemplated surgery to to fix that but it certainly can be a chronic uh, complaint and and problem with that if it becomes a, a stress fracture that uh, progressed from the bone bruise that he had initially. So he could have, I mean, both things could be true. He could have felt like he broke it in Carolina. The doctors could have looked at it and said, no, it's just a bone bruise. And then at the end of the season, they could have been determined that it was actually broken. The break could have happened between the initial, no, you don't have a break, you only have a bruise, and then ultimately the, the second diagnosis. That would be my suspicion. They're not going to tell him it's a bruise when it's a fracture. It, you know, you right. cause the further harm to the guy. But it certainly can progress from that if you continue to play on it. He just used that as an example. And we forget this, right? We cheer for our guys. We root for their fantasy stats. We boo them if they're bad. We, we love them if they're good. And, you know, so many guys are questionable all week, and we just want them to play. And, and you know, Ridley kind of put it, you know, here I am. I take these painkillers. I take the shot every day, and I'm fine. I can play. I can practice. I get home, and I'm just a wreck. You know, I got a two-year-old. She's daddy-daddy. They want to do this, this, and that, and the other. And he just, uh, you know, that those physical injuries, Doc, can break, break you down mentally if you're not careful. I, we see more and more athletes disclosing that, sharing that. Well, you look at Andrew Luck, you know, the – Similar issue. He played through things, and they just finally said, "I've had enough." But they, the, every one of those guys, plays with pain. They're all beat up in some way, some more significantly than others, and obviously his seemingly was more significant. But yeah, they're all hurt by the end of this the season. They're all playing in pain. So whether they have, you know, you need to differentiate that's where the doctors need to differentiate between pain and injury, um, and pull the guys out that are injured. You can play through some pain, but you don't want to play with an injury like that that can progressively get worse. 
All right, Doc, any, anything else? You guys can go hit them straight out there. Okay. Yes, sir, Doctor. <laughs> Thank you. That's Doc. Appreciate it, Doc. Thanks so much. Uh, that's Doc Kevin Murphy every Thursday taking us inside the injury report. Uh, Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, JacksonSportsDoc.com. All right, we'll talk to Doc next week. We'll talk to Jared Rice next as the players is underway round one. Some uh, Already some birdies being thrown out there. Hicken is living on every shot of Taylor Montgomery as he gets his morning going. So Donna Murphy's got scoring updates three times an hour. Uh, we're locked and loaded on a custom tree surgeon's Thursday. I love it. I just, it's, it's called like, them out. Got a lecture. Challenged them. Yeah, I did. I don't know if it's a lecture. That's probably too strong a word. Jared Rice joins us. He's like the czar of this place out here. He's brought <laughs> Do you us- have a castle out here or do you live in a home? I do go home. Good. I do go home. Um, he brought us mini donuts. Which well, no, I was, ta- I was talking about, you know, just kind of, uh, like if it was my group of guys, if I put together a 16 man golf tournament and the time changed Saturday night, about six guys would be late for their tea time the next day. They would have no idea the time had changed and they're 845. It's going to be 940, you know, 845 oh. is really 745. So over under on the number of players who may miss their Sunday morning tea times. I think it says a lot about you and your friend group. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got into an argument with Jared. Not an argument. A discussion. Has this ever happened before? Has the time ever changed on the Saturday before the final round? And he said, yeah, last year. And what I immediately say, man. That's not right. <laughs> You're incorrect. Yeah. It, it, it did happen. Yeah, then he doubled let's, down. Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, okay, let's okay. just move on. Yeah, we will, for sure. <laughs> Jared, we got a big day today, man. And, and Here we go. I huh? think I think uh, 66, 65 maybe this morning? It's creeping up. Yeah, Somebody we're, we're maybe? Pushing, we're pushing. Somebody shoot that? Not temperature. No, Score. no, no. It's, uh, it's uh, too I mean, hard. The wind, wind is down. No, no, I, I thought uh, you were going temperature because I'm just so excited no. to have a, yeah, t- a sunglass tan line. You get 30 um, seconds of weather. Yeah. You know that each day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I love it. I love it. No, it's um, the wind's down a little bit this morning, yeah. so some uh, some hot starts. Guys making birdies But they early. think the course is tough. They always come back a little bit. Like yeah. somebody will turn five under, and you think they're headed for yeah. something big, and then they'll maybe you know finish yeah. at four. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we'll see. And and inevitably, even by the time this morning group ends, a lot of those guys get to 17, 18 tough holes, and the wind's picked up at least a little bit. Yeah, I, yeah. There's nothing out here, though, wind-wise, that's going to be a major effect on these guys. You need to have one of those days like yesterday for it to Ooh. just wreak havoc. Right, yeah, right. Didn't we have it? We, and obviously we had a lot of days like that last year. We, we did. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. but I was uh, – we were, we were – I think I meant to mention this, but just the wind direction and – uh, is going to play a big, big part of the next four days. So it's going to, you know, come from, you know, five different directions. I was wondering. I thought there was only four, but I guess if you are there the, five now? Uh, huh. we've, we've, you know, it's south, south, wow. east. Probably east, only east. on the weeks where uh, weekends where the time changes. Cor- correct, 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 correct. Four correct, every correct. other time. But I mean, so, uh, you, you think about again, just the <laughs> idea that that condition is going to mean that you are playing each you know 18 holes different ways for each sure. round and even within the round you could be hitting a cut now i got to hit a dr- like it's just i think the wind and it's also and it's not like 5 miles an hour either we're going to have some it's some all, kick up a little bit it's also interesting too that that is a that's where a guy with a local knowledge may make a little difference sure i think we overplay sometimes he's a member here jim he's but like we talked to Tyson Alexander yesterday, and he says, yeah, I hope it blows, and I hope it blows different ways. Yeah. Because yeah. I've played in all those different wins out here. I know what to expect and, and what I can do a little more than maybe some people can. Well, we're watching Rory on, on 10. He's uh, off to a little bit of a tough start here on 10. But he has said, um, you know, learned how to play this. Uh, Time out. How tough a start. 
You can't well, just, I just throw saw, that out there saw, where we all gambled him, on I just him. saw him chip out into the sand, so uh, <laughs> and he's it doesn't he doesn't appear to be particularly pleased, but uh, he just had to get out of the out of the bunker. Um, <laughs> but anyways, he so Rory had said um, when he won that he really learned how to play out here. The so players when, is over. I'm leaving. <laughs> Can't lay bogey ten. Rory's about Rory to can't bogey. make a double. Apparently, Smotherman wins. Smotherman. <laughs> All right, let's stay on message. Dan. I'm sorry, I lost point. How rewarding was it for you to look out over there about? 25 minutes ago or 15 minutes ago and see all them fellas and all those fans around Rom and Rory and and, and how how rewarding is that for you guys to have a return to the way it should be. What were they, 746? Is that when they were? They were 54. 54. Yeah, I think. Uh, This is is what you work. 56. 51 weeks of the year to do. And our team is, uh, again, we're motivated to have people come out here and have a great time. That's what really motivates us and to see deep galleries and Best players in the world having a great time so far. Thinking the course is just in r- unbelievable condition. We had one player that practiced on Sunday uh, said to us, uh, "You know, h- how long has the course been closed? Because I didn't see a divot mm-hmm. for the first three holes that I played." Mm-hmm. So you talk about conditions and what the what the guys are noticing. Uh, they they get the details. Yeah. So uh, so many of the. Great stories here every year in, involve what can be a forgotten group, but that's the, the volunteers and what mm-hmm. they mean. And, the sto- and when I say the stories, I don't mean the fact that you have a lot of volunteers and the tournament needs them, of course. I'm talking about the actual stories of some of these folks that you come across out here that have yeah. been doing it for 40 years, Jared. Love it. 10 years, 15, all age groups, whether you have memories of a kid of carrying the score, you know, yeah. the, the tote boards uh, with the scores, or whether you've been working. And so many, by the way. You know, you think of volunteers, oh, wow, who wouldn't love to stand on the 18th fairway and hold a sign? Well, there's a lot of dudes that never even get on the property, right? Right, right. How many volunteers would never see a golf swing? Oh, yeah. Thousands and thousands, right, because of the jobs that they're doing for y'all. So um, I pulled in today at, uh, you know, 515, 520, mm-hmm. and I'm being directed. I mean, they don't know what's you know, <laughs> sure. who's in the car, right? No, it's no big deal. But, yeah, there's a volunteer out there standing in their post directing traffic at 515. right. He didn't just teleport himself there. Correct. Yeah. So um, you have, you know, volunteer shuttles. Uh, they leave at 5. There's a volunteer group that gets the shuttles ready. Uh, what time did they get there? Yeah. Um, and to your point, they're in the parking lot all yeah for, for their shift. So, right. you know, this all goes into that, you know, that, that uh, you know, what makes the, the product so great. So we have awesome players. We have an engaged community coming out for any number of reasons, fan social business you invest in the product and the environment the volunteers give up their time and then we're able to do some some pretty remarkable stuff for charity yeah with a uh, volunteer she volunteered for 30 years that's what she i mean miss mary had a pin 30 year volunteer yeah. like, wow and, and you, yeah, I mean, you, you, you just mentioned it. Um, there are people that started um, as, a, like, as a standard bearer or as a runner and just love being out of here. And, and they're a big part of what we do. Sure. Um, and by the way, for, for a golf shirt and some food. Right, let's understand In what a volunteer pen. is. Right? But there's mm-hmm. different levels of volunteer. <laughs> hey, volunteer, we're going to send you six days, seven night to Bahamas, right? right no, right. for for a golf shirt and some food. Yeah, uh, it's it, it, it's uh, it's a, again a pretty remarkable thing. And um, oh yeah, and and final point is that you know some of those people are taking a week off of their job. Sure. Yeah, that's another point. On top of all that. That's a good one. So, um, 
where, where does the tournament go from here? And we have an unbelievable pot. I mean, it's four, four and a half million. Is that what we're giving the winner this yes. week? Yes. Okay, understand, and you know this. I've been here longer than you. Yeah. But when I first got here, do you know what the first place prize was? I covered the 1992 players. I think it was 240 grand. Wow. Think I about that. 240,000 in 1992 yeah. to now $4.5 million. It's Thank you, incredible. Tiger Woods. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> Thank well, you, I mean, Tiger. And, 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 you know, Jay mentioned this in uh, his commissioner's uh, address and state of the state of the tour on Tuesday. You know, that's a result of a number of things. It's entitlement partners uh, in Optum, Grant Thornton, and Morgan Stanley investing in the product. It's our broadcast relationships growing and just kind of the function of how we define and build compensation for our players. And um, it's incredible to be able to do that. And, you know, again, we don't know what the you know, purse levels will be going forward. There's a lot that goes into that. But um, as you think about what this tournament means, how hard it is to win, and it's the home of the organization that is run by the players, they own it, um, it stands to reason this is going to be the, the biggest purse for some time. When does the build-out start? October 17th. October 17th is, is the first we, time you put well, scaffolding let, up. Let, and well, that's, that's when the steel starts getting Yeah, that's what I mean. In. What you would um, notice. So, so, yeah, so October, yeah. if you come out here and golf on October 20th, you can see that they're starting to put up the, the chalets and the facilities and the score tents and all that good stuff. You'll, okay? you'll start to see some activity. When will it be – how many months a year does this place just look like a resort golf course and not a tournament course? It's uh, it's an it's another you know three weeks a month, more it's even more five days. I yeah. mean, we start again just as you think about the the business of golf. We start breaking down the property on um, on uh, on Monday because there is product here that will be going to Austin. And so there's scoreboards that are loaded out and need to be on trucks by the end of the day Monday. So they're in Austin and up and operating. So well, it's, a, it's a traveling circus. I, I don't – what – I mean, your task – I mean, I'm stumbling for words here because it's, it's hard to improve on perfection. And I know – I mean, there's a bit of stress and expectation that comes there. Okay, this was great. Everything is awesome. 2024, what, what do you got? got? <laughs> what do we got? Let's spitball here, gang. What do we got? What are we doing? Uh, not insignificant. I mean, we think about it. I know. How, how do you raise the bar? Yeah, so that's for, what I'm saying. For us, I think commercially, what you'll see is as the tournament is growing and you know the, the championship profile is, is continues to be elevated, more and more national uh, interest from a hospitality and hosting perspective. So last night we had 360 representatives from our official marketing partners of the tour uh, flying in and, and, you know, listen to business sessions and networking. So, again, if you think about the business of golf, um, that, that, that's a big number. It's almost, you know, twice as what has been here in the past. So, you know, we've talked about this being the, um, the, the one week a year where all the stakeholders in our sport are, are coming together, and um, that, that's happening. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it's pretty special, and I think for fans, we're always going to listen to what's going on and, you know, Make adjustments and uh, keep making it a little bit better. How, how many uh, how many steps you get in on a day like this? Huh? You go, you Before worry. noon or after? Yeah, right. That was a <laughs> no, lot of getting got, around but here listen, and there. It, it, it's um, well, I was just mentioning to um, another group that for our team, it's important to walk, see the golf course, sure. and not. I was you know, joking around, not being creepy about it, but we we need to we need to listen and hear what people are our fans are thinking and. Um, you know, either you know, fixing things on the fly or making notes about next year. So that goes along. If way. there's only one thing if you could work on, I don't know how, how deeply scientific your group mm. is. If we could somehow <laughs> come up with either a teleportation or a 4,000-person people-moving helicopter, you, something you, to get them in This is the second in, in time you've thrown out the helicopter. How about uh, before? Yeah, I mean, when you 
were here for our media event. You were talking about we were talking a, about the a, a chopper Prosser memorial. The uh, chopper, memorial, but honorary, let's bring them in. Uh, let's get a fleet helipad. Let's get a helipad out here. We'll just <laughs> zip them over the river. We'll cut down on the traffic. People are happy. Shoot, if it gets really crowded, we'll just push them out with a with a chute. I love it. A um, well, but if we don't get there in my tenure, um, I will continue. Put it on the next guy. I, I, exactly. I always <laughs> got to leave something for someone else. Um, I I do want to yeah for your listeners those you know that are coming out. Uh, thank you in advance for your patience. This again, the championship has grown to an incredible level. Mm-hmm. There is going to be some traffic. No, it's a traffic monster, and it's so for real. It's not be, the imaginary one under yeah. your bed. I, I said yeah. before, yeah. if you can afford it, I come out at six in the morning just to, because. Uh, that, there's only so many ways here. You know this. Yeah. That bridge coming yeah. from Nocatee, or you coming over JTB, it's, you're going you're gonna to be frustrated. It's yeah. going to take you a couple hours to get here. I'm telling you that. Yeah. So get early, man. Hit early if you can. No doubt. That's what um, ride share is always great. We've got some shuttle programs coming from Nocatee. We um, you know, have a global home and another building going up in our parking lot, so we have less parking. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, a number of things will hopefully contribute to less traffic. But if you're coming tomorrow – uh, and you're on, and you're leaving at, at noon. Um, you're you're going to be in traffic, but just be patient. Last question: As we point towards Sunday, where a winner will be crowned, I would assume yeah. on time this year. Is <laughs> is there a scenario? I mean, can you not help root for a scenario if if it's your golf tournament? I know, in fairness, ready? any <laughs> one forty, any of the one forty four can win. But I mean, if the number one player happens to lift it, or you know, a big name, does that mean any more or less from from the from the from the tournament standpoint, from either publicity or popularity or otherwise? You know, I, I think, you know, again, I'll, 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 real quickly. Be uh, diplomatic. Yeah, right? I'm going to be diplomatic. Yeah. Put you on the spot, listen, yeah. we all, we, for those of us who have multiple children, we love our children equally, right? Okay, yeah, fair. Yeah, and you're chuckling because yeah. we all know that there's one that you did. Maybe a little bit more than the other one. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting a lot of nods. Um, anyways, um, I, I think, and even, uh, you know, Cam last year has proven that the – Whoever wins is going to earn it. It is a hard, hard championship to win. And as you look at the leaderboard over the course of the last four to five weeks, um, not only is John Rahm on an unbelievable you know streak right now, but you look at those top tens. They're all playing good. They're all pretty consistent. We're going to get one of those guys, I believe, Jared. I, I, I do. I, I think, think it's so. a McElroy or a Scheffler yeah. or a Cantley or a, or, or a Rahm or a Spieth or a Thomas. I really do think it's yeah. one of those 10 to 12. I'm with you. I do. Well, thank you very much, my man. We'll All talk right. to you again tomorrow. Appreciate you being here. Get out and about. Let's again, do it. Very, 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 very dapper again today. It's gone back to the, gone back to the vest. Got that all, the matching. You got a white belt. What do we got? No. What about the belt? Let me see the belt. I, I can't do white belt. Yeah, I didn't. I was gonna, I was gonna admonish you. So, but the vest comes down far enough. We don't have to worry about it. Thank you very much. There he goes, Jared Rice, executive director of the players, has uh, once again put on a hell of a party here for us all, and uh, we will enjoy it along with him. That boy I, clean, though, ain't he? Yeah, I told you. Ooh, yeah. ooh. <laughs> he's clean. He, he tells me he's clean. He's clean. I mean, I'm not going to argue. I, I told you you were going to be impressed with what you saw there. Uh, what's been the best? You know, it's so funny. In terms of the Jags, they're still relatively young enough for those of us that have been around since the first year. When I think in terms of like free agency or draft, my perspective is so much broader, I think, than what a lot of you think of in terms of the Jags. I mean, it's a what have you done for me lately league and a one what have you done for me lately business. So really, if you're going to contemplate successes and failures, you're probably best off just limiting your, your time window to, you know, to five years or three or something that is more relevant to what exactly is is going on right now so you know i was reading something the best and worst free agent signees for each team in the last five years and 
again, when you put that five-year window on it, it really changes the dynamic. So the worst free agent signing we've had in the last five years is, you know, by measure against, like, the worst in franchise history, is not going to look all that terrible. Um, in fact, it's almost kind of a, a tough designation. But who would you think is the worst free agent signee by the Jags in the last five years? Because I was surprised with, with the one that they went with. They went with Nick Foles. <sighs> I looked up from a from a just overall vision standpoint, total fail, right? We the, the expectation that Nick Foles would come in here with a veteran steady hand and and then you look at how much better the team is overall than they were then. And the fact that Foles got hurt in the first game and then we had Minshew Mania and you know, just so much went into Nick Foles one and only uh, one and done year here in Atlanta uh, in uh, Jacksonville. I, would he be the worst though of the last five years? There's a certain big fellow on the defensive line that got paid an awful lot of money last year in free agency, and while his uh, other free agent classmates seemed to have real good years, Foley Patakasi sure didn't do much for a price tag of guaranteed money that was more than say Hassan Reddick and his 18 sacks for the Eagles this year. But the worst they said was was Nick Foles. So, oh well, okay. I was more interested in the best. Who's been the best? Because, look, we've, we've, we being the Jaguars, we've built ourselves up here pretty good these last two or three years through free agency. There, there have been, sure, there are misses. There always are. Well, we've had some hits. What is last year's team without Brandon Sheriff, Foyer Luikin, Evan Ingram, Zay Jones, Christian Kirk? Man, to get five impact you only play 22 right you only play 22 guys that's five impact guys in one off season so free agency is going to be a lot quieter this year for the Jaguars they don't have the money to spend that they did a year ago boy that's a whopper of a free agent class I've said this about Trent Baalke he's produced one of the top free agent classes in Jaguars history and I would argue as we look back that that 2021 draft is going to be one of the top draft classes in Jaguars history you got Trevor Lawrence, you got ETN, you got Tyson Campbell, you got Walker Little, you got Cisco. That's a lot of talent out of that draft. You combine that with what was a very good free agent class. But who was the best of could it's hard to say who the best of those five were that I just mentioned. You know, Darius Williams played pretty good football last year. That's another one. You know, I he didn't get rave reviews, but especially late when he when he moved outside, I thought he thought he played very good football. But they went with Christian Kirk as the best. The best of the free agent signees the last five years. Haven't had a ton. Most of them came last year. So we'll take a quick break. We'll come back. We got cat chat and more. It's Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday on the drill. Now it's time to jaw with Curtis the Cat Dvorak, the original Jackson DeVille. Brought to you by Shark Coatings, Northeast Florida's expert in floor coatings. One of the stunning upsets. What's that? In the history of mankind. What happened? That the cat is not out here. Yeah, I would think he would want to get out here. I mean, this spend is some his, time with this his, is his wheelhouse. I, this is what happens when he moves way up there north of north. You know, got to got a little. There's that. Got a little haul to get down here. His work. I mean, he's become like a worker bee, and I don't know. It's a, he needs to stop and smell the roses, and this you is think. the rose garden. Let's bring him in on the fair fair <laughs> phone lines for some uh, cat chat. He did send that. That's a cool picture, cat. Cat sent a picture oh. of what the. 
Well, he cats in a picture from back uh, maybe the first players and how different 17 looks. You forget there used to be a big piece of land that ran all the way out to that tree that's sitting in the middle of the lake. There was a piece of yeah. land that stuck out between 16 green Jeez. and 17 T. It came all the way out. It's yeah. bizarre to see it. You see, are you looking yeah. at it? Yeah. It's so cool to look back at those things because of, of what this has become. You can forget pretty quick, Cat, that – I mean, you go back here when this place first opened 35, 40 years ago, and you look like you were just going to a to a public golf course in St. John's County. Well, that picture that picture shows, you know, stadium course. You hear that stadium course. And people, you know, the hills are great, and they're all rounded off now, and you can slide down them. But when that place was first, I mean, I remember going to it when it still had those, you know, basically the bulkhead staircases around every green and tee which made it the, you know, the stadium uh, name. But, man, it is just what it's become, like how perfect the shape is. That drive up to the clubhouse, every time I take it, that grass, like it's – I'm going to say this and you guys are going to yell. I'm not trying to say Augusta. Like I'm not trying to say Masters. But, like, they have turned that place into such a magical, uh, magical place with this championship. Like it's it's, – it's my favorite week of the year on the first coast. Um, and yeah, you're right. I have completely failed. Like I said, in my text, I failed on my planning, how I'm not out there today. Cat, what is your favorite, uh, what is your favorite moment out here that you, that you were a part of or saw or just enjoyed? Cause you've been to a bunch Golly. of them. And I know you, and I, you, you also have the, you know, cat suit shots. Well, he also caddied for Furick. Yeah, out here during okay. practice round once. Yeah, those would those would be the those would be the big ones. The um, when <laughs> uh, you guys, it's no secret. I took full advantage of of the uh, position I was in and the van being totally wrapped. Uh, e, that's why I laughed when you you asked if I could get access yesterday. Was uh, <laughs> because I used to take the Jackson van in there, loaded up with people. Um, and pull right up next to the media center where you guys, <laughs> you guys just were. People, by the way, I forgot who I was talking to. My bad. Yeah. And park, and I would park it right in the, in the loading dock uh, of the clubhouse there. But um, but no, I I I did appearances on Tuesdays for the um, for Jim Furyk and the and the the Pete's care that they do. It's a really cool event, and so I would always stick around afterwards in the suit and just go walk the course or, or bring whatever vehicle. Jim asked me to caddy for him one year, so. Uh, he said, yeah, come out and caddy the back nine. I'm like, perfect. That means I get to get 17. I get to hit a shot. I'm in the costume. It's all fun. Fluff's his caddy. We're having fun. Uh, Fluff knows I can hit the ball um, in the suit. And uh, Snedeker uh, comes up. And they, we're on 17T all together. And Fluff, I'm sitting there screwing around, messing with the bag. Hey, Cat, let me stop you for one second before you finish the story, Okay. Because I just want to tell folks that just tuning in or they haven't heard us talk about this before. Of all of this, the outrageous things that the cat can and will or has even claimed to do in the past, the one thing that is real is what this dude can do with a golf club inside that Jacksonville suit <laughs> was unbelievable. Yes. I, he would hit balls off his off knees, his knees yeah. with a driver onto the green on 17. He made a hole-in-one in the cats. Was that from your knees or was that in the cat suit? 
No, that was from my knees, not in the suit, though. Okay, but so some form or fashion, when he tells you these stories, this right. isn't the typical cat embellishment or uh, what hey, goes whoa, along. Whoa, whoa. Uh, you know what I mean. Ah. This is this is dead on. So anyway, uh, so yeah, that continue. You are moving along here. You're in the suit. You're caddying for Jim Furyk. You're playing along with Brad Snedeker, or at least Snedeker is on the 17th tee, and so what happens? And so uh, it's caddy. You know, caddy can hit shots and stuff, and so – Fluff bet Snedeker. He goes, hey, um, I, I get a club in my hand, and I start screwing around with it, and I go to tee up, and Snedeker makes a joke. He's like, you got to be kidding me. There's no chance this, this thing hits the green, because, you know, this thing. He's like, there's no chance this thing hits the green. And I look up, and I was like, you work on commission, right? And, uh, and Fluff goes, I'll take 100 bucks or something. I hit the shot, and there's a video on YouTube. You can watch it. I hit the shot. The ball hits the green, crowd cheers and stuff. I look over at Snedeker and I go, bad decision. Fluff reaches his hand out to Snedeker and you can see him reaching his hand out like, pay me the money. Yeah. Uh, and it was, it was hilarious. Snedeker had no idea. So the next year, Snedeker had me caddy for him so he could bet other guys when they came up on 17 to get his money back. <laughs> Did you do it in the suit or no? With Snedeker? In the suit, yeah. I was yeah, in the yeah. suit every time. Cause, they, cause they wouldn't let me out. Yeah, easier to pull the grift if you got the suit on, right? For sure. All right, boys, you ready what? to catch at? You ready for a uh, pop quiz this morning? Yeah, let's go. Uh-oh. Two yeah. of us, we both get a Yeah, we each get a guess. All right. Uh, JJ, any little pop quiz music? Put you on the fly. I tell you what, that old Hartford Whalers logo that that cat's got the hat, that is a sharp-looking logo, man. Yeah. That's a nice hat. That green, you see the one I'm talking about, the green yeah, hat? Right here. With yeah. the Hartford Whaler logo? Mm-hmm. The Whalers is a great logo. Bro, that's a sharp-looking hat right there. Yeah. I ain't going to lie. All right, what I'm looking for, boys... And we'll go back and forth. We'll ping and we'll pong. Okay. We won't discuss. Is it a contest or a cat and I together? It's, you're not together. It's back and forth. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, I'm blood, blood sport, cat. I need to talk. No wheel of consequence, though, just just for bragging rights. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> you got to say that, though. Yes. No. I just need the top ten money winners on the PGA Tour. All time. Top ten All money time. winners on the PGA Tour. Cat, I'll let you go first. Okay, uh, Tiger Woods. Tiger Woods is number one. He's made $120 million on the PGA Tour. Uh, Phil Mickelson. Phil Mickelson is second. He's made $95 million on the PGA Tour. Cat, you're up. Uh, Rory McIlroy. Rory McIlroy is sixth all time on the PGA Tour with $71 million. That's courtesy probably of a couple of those FedEx Cup championships. Can you, let me ask you a question. You said it's top ten. What's the bottom number? The bottom number is fifty-five wow, million. Wow, fifty-five million. So that's no guarantee that some of these other guys have gotten there. So correct. Uh, I'm gonna go. Man, you know what's also hard is when did the salary jump, right? Because <laughs> I think of a guy who won all the time. I'm afraid to say him though. This is where it gets harder. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go though. I'm gonna go Dustin Johnson. He's got to be in the. Dustin Johnson is third all time okay. with seventy-five nice. million dollars, right, nice. but he needed. The money. Yeah. Cat, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're up. Hey, hey, hey. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know if he's in it, but he, he's won enough big things. Uh, Jordan Spieth? Jordan Spieth is number 10. Oh, $55 million. Oh, I was going to say him, too. I wasn't sure. He's <laughs> the guy I'm thinking of. <laughs> the guy, I, you know what? I have. Are we to the point of the game where I can count? I ha, I'm going to admit, 
I have one go-to here. Mm-hmm. You're holding him back? I ha- I saw this guy mentioned as a note, not as the overall list. Mm-hmm. So there's a guy that's in that top ten that's – do, do you use him now or do you That's what I'm it? saying. Because oh. I can hold on to him. This guy, it, it's unbelievable that this guy's in the top ten. Yeah, to be honest Cat's probably you. got one more shot. Because this guy done. that I'm thinking of didn't even win that much, which tells me – Gosh, I'm going to have to use the guy because I may miss with my next one. I'm This guy will shock you, Cat. I believe top ten all-time PGA Tour winnings. Matt Kuchar shows up. Matt what? Kuchar is number nine. Yeah. $56 million. See, that was the one. Right? Ooh. Now, you would never what? say him, would you? Ah, Matt Kuchar. What does he have? Three wins? I mean, Kuchar didn't even win $56 million. Anything. Well, you know, he doesn't Did he tip, get a so FedEx cup? <laughs> Do they count, I wonder, like if you win the pet FedEx and you get the $10 million bonus? I wonder if that counts. I'm I sure think it does. so. It has to. Yeah, it has to. Yeah, you know, yeah. It has to. All right, so yeah. to recap, uh, Jeffrey has uh, – we've got Tiger, we've got Phil, we've got DJ – We've got Rory, we've got Kucher, we've got Spieth. There are four left, ladies and gentlemen, four left. And, Kat, you have the honor, sir. Uh, I am going to go with my guy. Um, he had a FedEx Cup. He had 17, 18 wins. Yeah, I'm going to go with Jim. I'm going with Jim Furyk. I'm, thank God you yeah. did, or yeah. I would have had to spe- you know, yeah, scream yeah. at you because Jim Furyk is fourth all time. Yeah. Oh, wow. He's I was one of the great him. cash checkers in the history of the game. Yeah. $72 million sure. he is right, I got another one. I th- I, wow. We now have one, two, three left. Three left. Gosh, there's another. There's an, uh, I don't want to give a hint. There's another guy that I'm just afraid to say, but he won so much and he played all the time. But is he on this list? Mm. But I got another one because now I'm playing off. Of, I know this guy won the FedEx one year, and he's played a lot of golf in the States. Okay. I think Justin Rose is top ten. Some say love. Justin Rose is number eight. Yes! That's a good million. one there now. Eight, nine, and ten. We now are down to the last two. Oh, Justin Rose on you, cat. That's only, two I've thrown that you're going, no way. He's excited. We got, a, we got eight. I, you know I what? I, saw, I thought of the, the first to win that 20 million, dude. You get a lot of money just from winning the FedEx Cup. That's right. All right, cat, you're up. There's two left. Oof. What positions are they? Five and seven, cat. In fact, I'll even give you the money. 71 and 60. Okay, so uh, I'll even give you a clues. No clues yet. No, no, we got to miss. Then we'll go to clues because I've got a guy I've been whole, I've been afraid to say. But now that we're done, I'm gonna have to say who. I'm going. I'm going. No, we're not done. I'm going out on. I got a guy. Um, okay. Local guy. Local guy near there used to cash check all the time. Like always there. Number one in the world for a long time. Yeah. Local resident. Yeah. DJ He's Singh. VJ, I was going to go. VJ Singh is number five. Yeah, Cat has completed this task. Yeah. He's gotten all five. <laughs> I should when, when I went with Kuchar, I should have gone VJ Singh. That's who I was thinking. There. Jeff for the draw. What you going to do, Jeff? That's hard. This man. is it. <laughs> One left. Number seven. Who all did they say so far? They got Tiger, <laughs> Phil, DJ, Furyk, VJ, not to be confused with DJ, Rory, Rose, Kuchar, and Spieth. Number seven remains. Number seven. What you going to do, Jeff? What you going to do? What you going to do, Jeff? He's in deep thought, ladies and gentlemen. I'm trying to, I got to, you know, it's, it's hard. <laughs> I think I Could know. it be number 25, Hideki Matsuyama with $41 million? No. Could it be number 24, David Toms with $42 million? No. I'm looking up the, uh. 
What's going on? Here? I'm just looking at today's tea times. I just got it. I just got need to. I'm, I'm, Is he I'm, playing? I got the I got the hardest one here. The last yeah. of the ten. So I got to need an answer. I'll give you. I got a guy. Stop it. I don't care. You're going to have to wait a second. <laughs> this is not you. This is Jeff for the draw. All right. Um, Davis Love the third. Davis Love the third. 17. Yeah. It's hard. What do you got? I got, I got, I got a guy. Yeah. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Who? Adam Scott or Norman? Adam, it is Adam Scott. Scott. Yeah. Adam I about, Scott. I almost said Adam Scott, too. Cat, your time here is done. Yeah, that's Cat Chat. Congratulations, on Shark thanks, Coatings. Thanks thank for, you. Thanks for showing up. Appreciate the, hey, the commitment. Hey, Shark Coatings is presenting the broadcast on Sunday, so look for uh, some fun spots. Oh, boy. We got look, some new spots. Look at these goofy commercials. I'm going to have to mute them. got some new spots for you while you watch the players, folks. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, brother. All right, Cat, appreciate it. <laughs> Cat Chat has appeared today live before a fair and fair phone lines audience. Donna Murphy standing by. With, uh, with the latest scoring update, we got guys out on the course. Big names abound. The crowds are getting bigger. The weather is beautiful. We call it the players, and we got more next on a Custom Tree Surgeons Thursday. All right, we're back. Round one of the players is underway. If you had me, Min Woo Lee or Austin Smotherman. I believe Min Woo is cousins to Marquise Lee. I don't think so at all. Or Christian so. Bazatenhout. Mm-hmm. I, I do see former champ Siwoo Kim is among those just one shot back, but Min Woo Lee, mm-hmm. three under par through uh, eight holes so mm-hmm. far. No big names really flashing much. In fact, a lot of the quote-unquote favorite types got off to, to rocky starts with bogeys and doubles already carded by guys like Rory McIlroy. So, uh, number 10. Uh, Such we'll an see. easy hole. Is, uh, <laughs> did, did, was this not thought out well enough? Does this matter to you? I got this uh, sent to me from one of my FSU buddies uh-huh. who thinks it's a bit of a slight um, with something that's happening this Saturday. They are going to retire Buster Posey's jersey uh-huh. at FSU, which, okay. which on the surface is great. Yeah, It's spring break week. No, the thoughts are the kid, you know, the students w- w- won't be there. It's it, yeah, but the students don't. I mean, well, they go to the game. They make up a big part of the, the do, crowd. I'm sure uh, students don't go to baseball games as much. Yeah, they got the animals over there. Yeah, don't you think? I, I don't, don't know. know. I, should should <laughs> should I? Wouldn't it be better if it's full school in class? I mean, there's other parts of Who are that. They playing the the word of mouth. I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, but, I would do it again in the Florida game. But, but my point is the but there's buzz around it that week. Yeah. At least something. I don't know. The fact that there's nobody on campus all week College and won't baseball, be there. Seats three, four thousand. The question I was going to get to, by the way, though, is is this is Buster Posey a, a Hall of Famer? Yes. No, did you say un, undoubtedly he's a Hall of Famer? I'm pretty sure he is. I think if you go look at his career and everything that he accomplished. Seven time All Star, four yeah. Silver Sluggers. Yeah. Batting uh, crowns, he, he, World he, Series champion he, he, more than once. He won the World Series. He won one uh, MVP, one Rookie of the Year. Yeah. He's a Gold Glove winner. Yeah. Never won I, a I'm sorry. I, I measure everyone against the Dale Murphy standard. I'm sorry you don't reach it. But you're a Hall of Famer. Yeah. And, and I don't disagree with you. I think yeah. Buster Posey's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. This doesn't touch Murphy. Doesn't touch it. None of those. <laughs> Except the World Series, which is important. But in a team game, uh, yeah. Yeah, the Murphy standard, he doesn't pass it for me. Yeah. All right. Look, I don't know what the category to put this in. Okay. Uh, this isn't some, oh, way, we're awesome. Uh, yeah. There will be no problems. Uh, Joe Burrow has arrived. Mm-hmm. But I did see the Florida offensive coordinator, who's now had a little time with Graham Mertz. Mm-hmm. I did see an article with him uh, weighing in. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously they're, they're pounding the promotional drum at this point. But yeah. 
Graham Mertz, who hasn't been on campus long, is making early impressions. Uh, look, you could argue, I mean, in the context of the brand that Florida still is, even if right now it's not that strong, this is as important a season for a player in all of college football. I, there's some pressure to go. I mean, why? Because Florida has expectations, and he's the quarterback. And the quarterback they had last year was only able to go, what, six and six? What are the expectations of Florida this year? I mean, year in and year out. Oh, yeah. I think most people feel like they're going to be a six and six football team. I, I don't. And, that, and, I, and, I don't, and anything that Graham Mertz does is a positive. You're giving me, though, your yeah. informed. There ain't no expectation Florida six and six, Hick. That's not what general fan think. By the time the season starts, it's go Gator. Here's your uniform. Here's sure your you jersey. Win, but yeah. Good luck. What well, if indeed the expectation is your expectation they win six games? I'm not talking about your what's most like anything. You, it's not mine. Six. You think they're going to beat Georgia? The year that you go into you think a season, going to beat Georgia. If you no, you it, think they're going to beat LSU. I think they're going to win more than six. A hundred percent. I would bet a million dollars in Vegas if they over under was six. I'd bet the over. And if not, then you got the wrong coach. After two years, I'll say it. If you can't win more than six games in back-to-back years, you you overfix something that wasn't as broke as you made it out to be. That's unacceptable. You lo- you're <clears throat> losing two first-round picks off the team. You're losing, I believe I counted, seven draft picks in the latest mock draft off this Florida team, um, including AR and Torrance, the offensive linemen who were both slated to go in the first round. Um, they're in sort of a, you're either all pay, you're either all in with Billy Napier and patient and understand that the second year is going to be tough and that they're really pointing towards years three and four or you're, or you're not. And I, I'm, I expect them to be six and six. Yes, I do. With Graham Mertz at quarterback and, um, working in these young receivers who they have, but the guys that are back, Pearsall's the best of them, but. That's, you know. I would say this, and again, yeah. you can – I can be accused of overreacting. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying he will get fired. If Billy Napier goes 6-6 six and six in his second year, it's, it, we got the wrong guy. and We're just going to suffer through another two or three or four years or whatever it is. You can't come in as a difference-making coach mm-hmm. and in year two be a 500 team. You just – unacceptable. This isn't a team well, that's then, been 4-8 and eight for 10 years, Dan. Well, then I will say that you'll be calling for his head by October. No, no, no. I just said I'm not calling for his head if he's 6-6. Six and six. I oh. am saying if he's 6-6, six and six, he's not the guy. I'll say that definitively. Okay. He can stay as many years as you want him to. If he's 6-6 six and six in year two, then, yeah, I just think that not enough progress being made. They've been recruiting guys, Dan. If they can coach them well, up. What, what, what? You, so you think true freshmen should make a difference? No, in, I think the guys that games? have been in the program for two Yeah, I think a few should. Yeah. A few should. Yeah. You know, not, not, not every single one of them by any stretch. I think you've had enough time here through Transfer Portal and – uh, recruiting We're and going coaching from and Anthony development. Richardson to Graham Mertz. Yeah. Graham Mertz won as many games every year. He was a starter at Wisconsin than Anthony Richardson did in Gainesville. They're yeah. certainly not the same. He's not going to be a first round, you know, talent by any stretch. But yeah. I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's an automatic loss because you're starting Graham Mertz. I just got to do everything else better. I don't know how you can – unless you hit the portal. And you're going to run. They should be able to run the ball. they got to play better defense, right? I mean, oh, some yeah. of those guys got to emerge on the defensive line, some of the younger guys. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, they got to they got to play better for sure. But A new first round um, – I won't new be the – Or new defensive coordinator. I won't be the only one. If they go six and six, you will be leading the, the – the, the boy. You can say that that's your expectation. I don't believe you, and I'm not calling you a liar. I don't believe in your heart of hearts. Six and six is an acceptable expectation 
for, for Florida football, nor will it be, okay, that's what I expected if they do go 6-6. Six and six. I just oh. – I it just – I don't I, – Again, this wasn't a two and ten. Got a rebuild from the bottom up situation he walked into. They were not very good the last few games. Yeah, last year for sure. That's what I yeah. mean. Yeah, I yeah. don't. I don't know how they're going to get. Well, that's what he's. In, that's his fault. That's what he's in charge of. So if he's the right guy, that what you saw was a blip. It didn't. It didn't mean anything. It would be like Kirby going seven and six his first year. Like yeah. I just don't. Again, I don't know what the roster situation is for every other coach who's come in and in year two is flashed. Yeah. I'm guessing they all didn't have great situations, right? You got to. You have to be a reason why you're not six and six. I'm not saying the talent it there screams that you should be. Yeah. But yeah, if you went through an exhaustive search and you went and got one of the best college quarterbacks, uh, college coaches, and you run a program whose fan base deservedly, rightfully expects to be a, a, a national title contender, y- yeah, you you can't be twelve and thirteen after two years and say you got the right guy. It's to, not to it, me. Well, that's fine. It's not official yet, but it looks more and more like Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Jet. Kind is that of, right? Yeah. That's what I think. So, um, and I think it's, you know, again, I don't see anything that says it's a done deal or anything like that, but just in reading between the lines. The other thing I was going to mention is uh, that I thought was interesting from the NFL. This this tag that the Ravens put on Lamar Jackson, only once, I think, in the history of that tag has there been a a guy who signed someplace else and, and, and the other team gave him two first-round picks. Do you know who that is? I think it's only happened one other time. And I think that was um, – What's the category now? How? What's the – exactly? I, the, only once in the history of this type of tag has a player signed elsewhere and then – And somebody offered. The other team gave them two first-round picks. Okay. I think it was Sean Gilbert, if I'm not mistaken. Wow. I was going way back. He was a big pit, defensive tackle. Pit guy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So – and he went, what, Washington, Washington to Carolina or Carolina to Washington? Yes. Yeah, one or the other. I think – yeah, one or the other. Yeah, I would say Washington to Carolina, but I'm not. Yeah. I'm not positive on that. Although so, it did end with uh, Snyder spending a ton. Could yeah, be the other way. Yeah, so and interesting. it's not going to happen. But then again, I, this is a quarterback, an MVP quarterback. Someone yeah. will will sign him and give up two first round picks unless there's collusion. If somebody doesn't sign Lamar Jackson, there's collusion in the NFL. They need a. Yeah, there's no way around it. It's a, This is – with each moment that passes, I get more and more in the camp of this is stupidity. Yeah. That there are NFL teams out there who could get an MVP quarterback at age 26 and yeah. aren't doing it because of the two first-rounders that they will, by the way, It's not the first-rounders. Blow. It's a $250 million That's, guaranteed dollars. If you're going to get good, you're paying that for quarterback. There's no team that won't. We all will. Well, we'll see what Burrow and Herbert sign for. Something like this that. This offseason. It'll be at least that much. Yeah. You know, they, they ain't going to be less than Daniel Jones, right? Yeah. It's going to be right behind Mahomes, right, with Mahomes, whatever that number is. And I know you say 26-year-old quarterback, MVP, and that's good. You're propping up all the good things about him. Yeah. I also say a guy who hasn't been able to finish the last two years, a guy who didn't go to travel with his team, a guy who we've always wondered about his throwing. I think there's some fair questions there. A guy who, again, would I pay Daniel Jones $40 million? Hell no. Well, yeah. Would I pay Lamar Jackson that kind of money? Well, we didn't I also get some of the other stuff with Lamar. He's a – Got a like sixty five percent winning percentage. Just yeah. just a lot there. Besides having been an MVP, and you're right, he's gotten hurt. He's combined to miss the same amount of games that Joe Burrow missed when he missed eleven with the ACL. You also one of the other things, if you sign him, you really got to adapt the offense. You got to make some major changes to that offense, man. Right? I mean, just but with concepts that almost everyone's using. 
Like, if he goes to Atlanta, that dude had Marcus Mariota. It's yeah, not what, like they're going to have to revamp the What re- Greg Roman did was the much wheel. different than what a lot of the – I mean, I hear you, but yeah. I don't think – if you decide that he's a good quarterback, I think any offensive coordinator in the NFL is capable of throwing that out in 20 minutes for you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, seriously. 20 minutes. Yeah, you look at the film that Greg <laughs> Roman did. You find out what you like and you don't <laughs> like. It takes you, takes you 15 minutes. Yeah, he I believe Here's your that. play sheet. Yeah. You're rolling go the balls out. No, 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 no. Obviously, you fine-tune it as you go along. I don't think it's going to be some three-month discovery process of how we run a quarterback uh, sweep, yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah, it'll be interesting. All right, we got a break. We got the nine o'clock NASCAR All right. coming up. Uh, we, we got, got a giveaway. giveaway. Yeah, yeah. JJ, what do we have? Yes, we have a pair of VIP tickets to the Celtic Music and Heritage Festival in St. Augustine. That is this weekend, March the 11th. How do you guys want to do this? Is uh, is Jason Tatum going to be there? Uh Celtic, Celtic. Oh, I'm Celtic. sorry. I'm sorry. All right, let's do this. Let's do caller number three at six four one ten ten. That simple. Right now, you want to go check out the Celtic games. Uh, have a blast on us and JJ. And you don't even have to be nice to JJ. He doesn't care. Unlike he. <laughs> yeah. We got more coming up <laughs> right. uh, live from Sawgrass. If you get a hole in one and nobody sees it, does it count? Everyone saw it. Okay. Today. Today's day and age. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, today's day and age, yeah, everyone sees it. They see it quick. Buckley. Couldn't tell you the first name. Is that your guy, Buckley? He was playing with your guy, Montgomery, by the way. Hayden Buckley? Is that his name? Yeah. Yeah, Donna says yes. Yeah, our leader is uh, Austin Smotherman. Uh, Minwoo right. Lee and Hayden Buckley gets to three. Uh, Taylor Pendrith also at three. Uh, your guy, Montgomery, is now back to one under. Taylor Pendrith, Mr. 58. Um, uh, yeah, Taylor Montgomery minus one, so your guy gave one back. Which I, I would root for him, too. I hate to not root for him just because he's your guy. Oh, Monty gave one back. Who did? What now? Hold. Monty gave one what back. What you guys got going on? I don't, I don't know. know. Hold there on. There we go. I'm back. I'm back. Monty gave one back. Yeah. That's yeah. what I just said. I just spent the last minute telling you your guy's one under. What are you, what are you oh, no. <laughs> to be fair, he couldn't hear himself. Yeah. yeah well. Oh, he bogeyed 17. Yeah. Mm. The other guy made the hole in one there. Imagine, yeah, you play, you lose three shots on one par three. That's, That's like... That's the kind of swing you see out at your, you know, your weekend group somewhere. So uh, some of the big names are out. Other ones uh, yet to, to take off. And Donna Murphy standing by three times an hour for now when her shift is done. Uh, she'll turn it. Who's next? Taylor, who follows you? Jack. Who does? Jack. Jacko. The illustrious Jacko will be out here spinning some of his magic. I wonder how many, how many TPC score updates is Jacko given in his life, Vic? Oh, my goodness. Right? Be quite a few, wouldn't there? Oh, my goodness. So the Calvin, um, uh, the Calvin really goes on, on the Tribune yesterday, and if you just would need one more little get you excited, mm-hmm. I, I mean, think of all the quotes, and he goes down his very personal story, and it's, it's an interesting read just to tell you what he's coming through, but at the end of the day, he says that he's back, he feels great, people are going to understand what uh, Calvin Ridley is all about, and he, mm-hmm. bas- he basically says, okay, uh, I got, let me get this straight, I, I feel great, I got the Jaguars, I got Trevor Lawrence, I plan on giving the Jags 1400 a year. We'll take it. We'll take fourteen hundred. Uh, and he concludes, I know I have a debt to pay back to the game, but when you all talk about the name Calvin Ridley in 10, 20, 30 years, I'm going to make sure it rings out for the right reasons. He's well, embarrassed by what happened. He's, yeah. he's ticked that he became a joke for him and his family. Um, but uh, right now I feel, I feel stronger than I've ever felt mentally and physically on the field. I'm flying. Believe me, I am flying. That GPS band don't lie. On my daughter's name, if I'm healthy with Trevor Lawrence – 
I'm giving Jacksonville 1400 a season period. That's Jeez. my favorite part of the letter. He right does yeah. put it on his daughter's name, Hick. Wow. Yep. Wow. Wow. It's a bit it's, of a st- You put something on Gritty's name for the show? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> no, no, uh uh-uh, uh, uh-uh, not yet. <laughs> you familiar with football outsiders? I'm seeing pushback all of a sudden, man. That's how it goes, doesn't it? I mean, everything you can't everything can't be all sunshine and rainbows. Somebody's got to push back. And suddenly I'm seeing pushback that about Evan Ingram like isn't the right guy. I had ESPN saying the must signee for the Jags would be tight end Mike Gesicki. Does that make any sense to you? To be your number one free agent priority? No. Mike Kosicki, who is? I'd rather draft a tight end well, in the he's third in, round. Well, the problem with Kosicki is Ingram. He's not a blocking tight end. He's a receiving tight end. Cost you money, too. You, kept, you kept Ingram. Why yeah. would you go get Kosicki? Exactly. Well, I'm also reading this just in the last day. Uh, this is from Football Outsiders. It is a column it's talking about the AFC South and what teams need to do this offseason. Mm-hmm. And the title of the column is Why Evan Ingram Doesn't Fix the Jaguars' Problems at Tight End. Did we have a problem at tight end I'm not aware no. of? We didn't have a problem last year. He fixed it. Now, what is, what is this, this notion of some lingering problem? They say for the Jags, the biggest need this offseason, tight end. This is separate from well, the Gazicki. Well, let's not do that. Let's not waste time with this article. Okay. <laughs> well, it's, it's, not a, just, it's asinine. If it was it's, ju- shades of, it's shades of Trapasso. If it was just this, this article, it would, I would There's dismiss more? it. Two separate columns and articles. One, a must-sign player, Mike Kosicki. A second, biggest need this offseason. Total different authors, total different websites tied in the biggest need. Where I don't. Yeah. How do you look at this team from the outside and think that? Yeah, I don't disagree with you. I, I agree, but mm-hmm. it's not just one Damaso article. These are two, two separate. How do you look at the Jaguars and identify tight end as the need? They're definitely out of the loop. Yeah, out the loop. Loop, Get out of our lane. <laughs> we coming. It's a freight train. And Evan Ingram's in the in the front car. So, I, Listen, the reasoning is that the rest of the tight end position is completely in doubt. Yeah, we could use Darren Arnold's a free agent. Yeah. Manhurts is a free agent. Yeah, but again, if I'm going to sign a free agent, I'm going to go sign. I, I mean, I'm going to if, – if I'm getting another tight end and Evan Ingram's catching the brunt of the balls, then I'm going to go get a rookie tight end and see, see if I can develop the kid. Or if I get a veteran, I'm not going to go get Kasicki, who's going to want top-of-the-market money. He was a franchised guy. Right. Right? I'm not going to go spend Evan Ingram money no. on an Evan Ingram compliment. Correct. We talked before when Doug Peterson was first signed. That he put years together with Goddard and Ertz where they combined sure for almost 200 catches. So there's, there's still room there. I mean, Zach yeah, got no problem with that. Yeah, Ertz caught like 116 balls for Doug Peterson one year. So I, I, I don't think that I don't think that he looks at, at Evan Ingram as the top production he can get from that position. Okay. It was a nice year by Jag standards. It was a nice year by Ingram standards. It was not a super year by uh, oh. high-end tight ends. Well, I mean, the highest of the high-end tight ends. I mean, if you catch 100 balls as a tight end, you're having an unbelievable year. I mean, if that's the, you know, if that's the expectation, then go trade for Kittle or Kelsey. I mean, that's what we're talking about. Well, no, no. I'm just saying I think ultimately that's where you want to get with your position, right? Ultimately, you want to be the, the have the the best. I, I don't know where – again, Evan Ingram, based on the team that he played for, having no tight end legacy at all, mm-hmm. in, in combo with setting his own personal highs – but, you know, at the end of the day, where does he, where would he have ranked in catches or yards among tight ends? Between 6 and 10, probably? I thought he was higher than that. Did you? Uh, let's see. Uh, we'll go with yards. Uh, Kelsey would be number one, uh, 1338. 
Uh, Hawkinson, number two, yeah, 914. Andrews, number three, 847. Ingram, number four, seven, six, same as Kittle. Basically the same year as Kittle with more catches, but less yards per average. So, yeah. Yeah, that seems silly. By the way, I can go awful far down this list. I'm not even going to find Mike Gesicki, whose like, career ended last year in Miami. I mean, he was arrow pointed up. He had had a great year the year before. Only, only 10 guys in the history of the game at tight end have had 100 catches or more. Yeah. So, I mean, if you catch 80 or what, 73, is that what he had last year? Yeah. That's pretty doggone good. Oh no, I, I get. I'm not using it as some. I know, but model. You, I'm saying when Doug Peterson was coach of the Eagles, Zach Ertz caught 100. That's all I'm saying. I don't know. You're talking about guys like Witten and Kelsey and Ertz had the most at 116. Uh, Kelsey had 110. This is historically. Yeah, Witten so 110. Mark has, Andrews 107. Darren Waller 107. Travis Kelsey 105. Travis Kelsey 103. Gronk never even did it. No, I guess my point is we have a coach who set the all-time record for tight end catches, which was 40-something more than our tight end had last year. That's all I mean. And, by the way, had years – had a couple years where it was both – they had another year where Ertz had close to 100 and Goddard had 50 or 60 or something. Mm -hmm. I I think that potentially, you know, that that position under Doug Peterson's offense can – can produce even more than we got from Ingram, but not to the point that I'm in agreement with these, these, these columns that are calling for. Yeah, that's that would a be tight a, end to be a high priority. That would be some incredible type of luxury that you would get if you. you I mean, give me a lineman, give me a DN, give yeah. me a defensive tackle, give me a corner, give me in free agency, give me anything but a tight end. I'm okay. not signing a tight end in free agency unless I'm getting a cheap deal for Same like a man or so can block. Or, I d- yeah, don't disagree. Yeah. I have got some great uh, news. No, I got some great uh, Michael Jordan trivia. Oh, I like that. You want me to tell you how I went down my how I got down this hole? YouTube. No, I'm watching. I'm watching Trey Young last night, and he, Trey Young had a, one of those great Trey Young games. Is there a better play in basketball than when a do, when a guard is being guarded by a guy a little bit bigger? He's top of the key and he makes his move and then he stops on a dime. Either goes between the legs, behind the back, and he steps back and he hits that three. And the bigger man is already slide. He can't get to him. And those days where they're absolutely feeling it, it's all net. Trey Young had one of his great Trey Young games, but again, I'm I'm firmly on board with you can't win a title with Trey Young. Trey Young can't be your best player, and you now Trey Young can go play with, you know. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and he'll win one. And then I started thinking about, well, you know what? We've unfairly we, – Kyrie's gotten way too much gravitas in this whole thing. LeBron won the title. Kyrie got hot for a series, had a great game, hit a big shot, and suddenly Kyrie can win a title. The hell he can. No, he can't. Not if he's the best player on the team. And so that goes for – and so then I started thinking, wondering in terms of, like, how did Scottie Pippen stack up against Michael Jordan? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just in context of, of Batman's and Robins. But it led me to this. In all of the playoff series that Michael Jordan... I think Scottie Pippen stacked up pretty well four times a day is what I think, but go ahead. Uh, Michael uh, Jordan, in his entire career, you're not going to get these answers. It's just more how crazy the mm-hmm. the stats are that you forget sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Michael Jordan, in all the uh, playoff series that he played in, yeah, was only outscored in a playoff series mm-hmm. one time. 
Only one person on his team? Or no, in any team. team. Any playoffs. Wow. Of all the playoff series he played, mm-hmm. one time in one series he was not the leading scorer. <laughs> That's crazy. I remember. Ron Harper went for 43 and yeah, Mike went no. 42. It, it's an, and by the way, it's also an opponent. No. It's, it's not a teammate. No, that's uh, right. It was the mailman. He had yeah, no, 51, no. and Jordan had 50. No, this no. happened uh, 19... Oh, it's Drexler. 19, I remember Drexler. 1985, then. this guy was a 23-year-old all-star at the time he played for the Milwaukee Bucks. He played his college ball in the city that Michael Jordan played his pro ball. He played his... his Mark Aguirre. He's, that's a good guess. Not him, though. Uh, of the, the, uh, Terry Cummings was DePaul, wasn't Terry he? Terry Cummings. Wasn't he? Yes. Terry Cummings, the only basketball player in history to outscore Michael Jordan in a playoff uh, mm. uh, series, all the other ones he did. Who is the only player in NBA history mm-hmm. who has a winning record against Michael Jordan? There's one guy. It's not Kobe is or it, LeBron. Is it, is it like a 2-1 and one record? or is it? Like- no, no. This guy played in the league a long time. I don't know how many times he played him. I'm guessing at least 20 or 30 at least. Mm-hmm. Again, you won't get it. Would you like a uh, this guy won? I'm going to go with Jack Sigma. <laughs> this guy, this guy is, I believe, currently a coach in the NBA. He won uh, a title as a player. I'm going to go He's with a guard. He's a first round pick, a uh, very high pick, higher than you would remember him being picked. Who bounced around a number of teams before finally finding himself with the Detroit Pistons. Joe Dumars. No, no. Joe, uh, your guy. No. He found himself with the Hawks. Uh, this guy found himself with the Pistons. He was probably the spark plug to their championship teams. The microwave. A, a first-round player played in, like, the, it drafted probably number three overall, I think, by, like, the Celtics. Zeke? Oh, no. So Chauncey Billups. Oh, big, Mr. Oh. Big Shot. Chauncey Billups is the only player with a winning record against Michael Jordan, including the playoffs. He was a head coach in the NBA, wasn't he? Right now he's he coaching, is. Yeah, he's yeah that's what I'm saying. Oh, I thought he said assistant. All right. I got one more. Chauncey Billups. During his time with the Bulls, Michael Jordan faced 983 opponents and outscored 982 of them. There is one player in NBA history that in games versus Jordan outscored Jordan. You mean the guy I was covering? Type just on the other, guy on the other team. I thought we just did that. No. That was, for that was in a playoff series. series. Oh. This oh. is his career he averages. Oh. In this guy's career, he outscored Michael Jordan <laughs> in games where they were opponents. Once. There's just one guy. No, for a career. Oh. In other words, oh. this guy played against Jordan teams. Okay. His scoring average in those games is higher than Jordan's scoring average in those I'm games. I'm worried about Dan. Do you know this one, uh, uh, JJ? No, I just oh, I understood the question. question. Okay. <laughs> JJ? We're multitasking. <laughs> he took a shot at you there for sure. JJ. <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you man. looking forward to picking up your teeth with two broken arms later? <laughs> oh I'll be out there in an hour. All right. I'll wait for <laughs> you. Hey, Hick, did I tell you? Jake, I'll meet you at the th- flagpole. By the way, this is this is no way to treat one of your, uh, you know, your muse or yours muse. You know, JJ went and got engaged after we told him, what's he doing? Yes. I, a couple weeks ago on the air, we told him, what are you doing? You need to, you need to pull the trigger. Mm-hmm. And he did. Three so. days later. I've already dressed him uh, The player, that. by the way, is... <laughs> Hang on. Okay. During his time with the Bulls, Michael Jordan faced 983 opponents. He outscored 982 of them. The only player to outscore him... I'm going to go it was with... Only, there were seven games between these two players. So. I'm going to go... I, I've got a guess. Okay. So it's a player because he's a scorer mm-hmm. if he outscored Jordan. Yeah. So it's, so, it's a somebody. This guy... In I this, believe he was a movie star. This, I believe his name is Alex English. Okay, Alex English is not correct. Damn. 
This guy played seven games, so he must have caught Jordan when Jordan was at the end. The what was the movie he was in? Something in Yeah, no. Uh, uh, hey, well, there's a couple. No, his was no. he was a Celt. Um, no, something in Chuck or. Yeah, uh, no, no. Yeah, it was. Um, oh, God. Amazing. Amazing Grace and Chuck. Amazing Grace and Chuck. There you go. Amazing That's Grace and Chuck. See how I, we get I got there. a guess. Okay, what you get, yeah, what's your guess? Allen Iverson. Alan Iverson. It's Allen Iverson. Oh, oh you looked it up. Hey, must have Cheater. looked it up. Yeah, I don't believe him. I didn't. <laughs> what, why do you sound like you're in a cave? What is going on with this broadcast? Did you okay, you guys are on like a delay, and then okay. there's like a, a, an echo. It's weird. Uh, in the seven games between them, Allen Iverson averaged 27.1, Michael Jordan 24.4. And this came up during the – I'm reading this story about Jordan, but it's like what's a stat that sounds fake but is true? As a sidebar off of this, Shazam, here's a good stat for you. LeBron averages 27, 7, and 7 in his career. Despite never having a 27, 7, and 7 game. Oh, wow. <laughs> He's never had a game with at least 27 wow. points, at least 7 rebounds, and at least 7 assists, they say. So even if he had a triple double, he was less than that with points. So there you go. Or more. That's what I bring. That's not bad. That's not bad. Hey, listen, shout out to uh, uh, JU, by the way, on the diamond. They beat UM last night. Uh, Sorry, down in Miami, so oh, no. nice dub because they've beaten the Gators last week and they beat Miami this week. So Chris Hayes and the boys over at JU playing some good baseball. So wanted to make sure we mentioned that today as well as they uh, they play some good baseball. We'll take a break. Let's come back and see what's trending. What and we'll make, about the, that? make the turn for Oh, no, no, not turn for him. We'll keep it rolling right here on the drill. If you want to get an idea of how tough it is out here, the top players in the world – I got one in the on the right side of 15 in the pine straw, and then I got one on the left side. That's the Scheffler McElroy Rom yeah. group. Rom hit it up on the top shelf. He's got a birdie putt. He had a nice shot. Rory, not so much. He's in the rough. Rom is the one that everyone sold on this week. Yeah, here's Rory coming out of the rough. Now he's getting. This it is ready. for three. Yeah, this is a chip. Yeah, yeah. he's got to try to get it. Well, close I need to get up and down. And seeing that Rory was my pick, and uh, everything that I picked this year in golf has just been terrible. This could be the end of you right here. Well, I don't need that. I like the fourth it's, hole. It's it's nine thirty on is Thursday, it? and it's not the end of anything. It's not the end. No. Settle, oh, good Lord. Settle down. He hit it way high. Beautiful. Hit a good one. Hit a good no, one, did he? It, it, yeah, probably perfect, didn't away. it? Did it go in? It's in. Yeah, he made it. Cool. Got about a 20-footer right. to save oh, good for He'll probably make it. He's hey, good. listen. Uh, Did you ever go see the cocaine bear, by the way? No, I haven't. Okay. The, the, but the people aren't happy with it because it – Why? Glorifies cocaine used by bears? Yeah. Uh, well, I, right. apparently it, it hit home with the tel- Texas Elementary School. Yeah. They got or, coked up. Well, they have the cocaine assistant principal, apparently, arrested after bringing coke to school, according yeah. to reports. That's a Texas elementary school principal has been arrested for bringing the uh, powdery substance to campus. Jessica Sanchez charged with possession of a controlled substance in a drug-free zone after an employee found the drugs in a restroom at Travis. I mean, man, I know the kids can be hard on you, Hick, but when you are an educator, in this case a principal, and you find the need to – I don't know, do lines over the course of the day, you're probably in the wrong profession. Nothing is more true than this statement when it comes to NFL free agency. Beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Well, that's for sure. And I love the lists that come out. And, and so here I am looking. And yesterday the Jags, as we all knew, gave Shaq his walking papers. Yeah. Was not, there, was, there was some acrimony there. We don't know the extent. We don't know exactly what Shaq happened. took the high road late. Remember, he put something, posted something on, on social yeah. media, almost like he'd be back. He wishes he was there. But, yeah. Well, he But he out, left but under – I know. It we, was not a good situation. Yeah. So, he anyway. Kinda, he he Jalen did a little bit. And Shaq had a great 
Well, not great, but a good, solid first year in free agency here for the Jets. I think so, too. And then second year, he had that awful game in Indy. He got beat on. He was pointed out in Washington at the opener. You know, it's just it not, not terrible. Good. It was off to a terrible start. It was off to a terrible start. And then he tried to the, play hurt and uh, couldn't. And there was a dis- I think there was a difference of opinion about the seriousness of the injury anyway. So the Jags released him, as we all knew, with it. Safe cap space, blah, blah, blah. 30th on the NFL.com list of free agents. 30th. Yeah, that seems high. Now, he's young. He's 28. Yeah. You know? Um, the Jaguars. 72 he, he, career all, starts. All you need to know about that is the guy, he's already under contract. He's already in your, in, your, in, in your team. You are a team that, by all accounts, is looking to bring in a cornerback this year in some form or fashion, and you're letting him go? Yeah. So I don't know how that equals 30th. Well, it's just and by the way, if it's 30th among free agents, you're probably telling me he's fourth among corners? Probably. Sixth? And the Jags, I mean, the Jags were done with him. They were, like I said, there was a discrepancy there. I don't know, you know, we'll never know the whole story, but it was a little back and forth. It was a little, you know, we think he can play, I can't play type thing. Uh, our doctors say he can play. My doctor says I can't play type stuff. From what well, and he, you know, he initially, because he was, like you said, he was getting burned week after week. Yes. And he was going to the mic explaining it and, you know, yeah. right? Oh, he, yeah. he never, yeah. but then he got home and then the injury. And then, like you said, I think the team thought he could. And he said he would. And that's where the jailing it comes in to play a little bit. And so uh, it won't end well. It's a shame. He was a good locker room dude, I thought, right? Mm-hmm. He, he didn't, he seemed like he was, you know, it could have been a part of a solution had he played better, but uh, he won't be a part of this football team moving forward as expected. He was released. Do you think the Jack, you think when we sit here Monday morning, we're talking about when does free agency officially start? Four o'clock on Monday? When can you announce signings? Do we know anyone? It does start Monday, right? The 13th? So maybe it's Tuesday. I don't, the, the tampering starts Monday and then. Do the Jags come out of the gates with signees, Dan? I think we are. Uh, I, th- I think we're underselling to a degree. Yeah. Like we think, oh, the Jags aren't going to do anything in free agency. Well, no, they are. I mean, they're not going to do what they did last year. He's dole out, you know, two hundred million dollars and signed six or eight key. Guys. Understand what the Jags did in free agency last year is it's beyond remarkable. It's not repeated in the NFL. They got five good starters in free agency. You only have twenty-two guys. Yeah. Sheriff, Jones, Kirk, Ingram, Aluakan. You can almost say five and a half with the way Darius Williams played by the time he moved outside. That's, that's, that's unbelievable to have a hit like that in free agency. Well, speaking of unbelievable, it has happened. Houston is making a quarterback move as they have claimed E.J. Perry. Oh, from the Jags. Uh, off waivers. E.J. Well, they, Perry. They were probably impressed with uh, Maybe they saw him in the skybox with the other practice squatters in that 31-3 win. Yeah, so E.J. is, uh, yeah, that's, that could hurt. That could hurt. Jags released him just yesterday. They were ready to strike, apparently. <laughs> Texas was sitting, it, sitting out there waiting. When does Perry get released? Well, when does Perry get released? It happened. When does Perry get released? Do you think the Jags announced the signing right out of the, right off the bat? No. No? Mm-hmm. Do you? They are, well, I do think this. Like I said, we seem to be operating on this notion that they can't sign anyone. I think they will sign an $8 million a year guy. Yeah. So there will be one name. That, I mean, there will be some – obviously, you're going to fill it out with – guys that you think are either ready to explode or you can get more out of, whatever the case may be. But I think there'll be one top 30-ish kind of guy mm-hmm. that they go for, and hopefully it addresses to the, uh, well, for me, the pass rush. I mean, if you could get one, if you could, if you hit, if you could hit a home run like the Eagles hit with Reddick, how mm-hmm. good would this team be? Oh, God. If you, go found, if you went and found 16-sack guy, doesn't that make, you know, the Jags, this year's Eagles, 
If, if the Jags had a 17-and-a-half sack guy, would they go to the Super Bowl? The number that is uh, grabbing me right now is Patrick Cantlay, two under par, Jeff. I'm... Don't know about Eagles. And you Super Bowl. are just oh, I got you two get so distracted. You're really uh, hard to keep. I got Taylor making the turn at one under. I got Cantlay at two under. Yeah, uh, so early. I think I'm headed for riches. Really, yeah. It's really annoying me because you, everything that you're think, trumping up goes in direct mm-hmm. conflict to the same you know contest and vibe that I'm trying to feel. And so when you do it just so aggressively and yeah. egregiously, it uh-huh, it uh-huh. ticks me off. It does. I've only got three guys on the course. I've got Adam Scott minus one, so yeah. suck on that. Yeah. I got um, Terrell Hatton, or yeah. Terrell Hatton. He's even through eight, so that's good. And then How's know, Rory doing? Unfortunately, Rory's, you know, maybe one over. Uh, maybe two. <laughs> he, might, he might have missed that, that par play. I'm looking at um, – yeah, I'm, let me tell you something about Patrick Cantlay. You ride that horse. That's right. Baby. You ride that I'm Patrick Cantlay. Wait till, Patty. Until he falls in the in the in the water like the jackass that he is. Oh, you're a hater. Yeah, Don't I am a hater. A hater that, guy's, that, that guy's terrible. That guy's great. Cantlay. Ready to take his guy. Place. You, guys, you guys can go out to dinner after he wins. He'll say three words the it's whole fine. two hours. It's fine. I mean, as long as he's buying. Pass the ketchup. That's all you hear. He's probably a ketchup on his steak guy. Cantlay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what I'm saying. This I can't wait until I go home uh, later this evening, check the scoreboard, and see Cantlay shot 40 on the back, and he's one over. Um, <laughs> I feel like it's a good time to end the program. Do Things you? are about to get angry. Make <laughs> yeah, the turn it's, for it's home. Easy. We'll hand it off to Jaguars today. That's beautiful. Live at the play. They're here. They're ready to go. Cantlay, they're like, two under. Nothing your nonsense. we got good stuff to do. There's Rory, saying. plus two. Yeah, and we'll get uh, scoring updates uh, all day long, over and over and over, three times an hour with uh, Donna Murphy. Now, the two-minute drill, brought to you by Tire Outlet, keeping 1010XL on track with wholesale prices and premium service. Tire Outlet, Jacksonville's largest locally owned automotive repair shop. All right, putting the wraps on the program out here today, but fret not. The boys from Jaguars today, Mike and Tony, ready to rock and roll for the next couple of hours. Tony, good morning. Good morning, Dan. What do you got cooking on this beautiful, beautiful Thursday. Yeah, we'll react to the Calvin Ridley letter that didn't come out till right as we were going off the air yesterday. So we'll react to that a little bit today. Our question of the day asking which three Jaguars, past or present, would you want to join you in your dream golf foursome? Oh. And we'll check in with Demetrius Harvey, who's home from the combine last week as we are less than a week away from NFL free agency opening up, not expecting the Jags to be big spenders, obviously, this year in free agency like they could have been two years ago, definitely were last year. Right. So a bit of a different feel for this year's free agency, but still we'll look ahead to it next week. I think, again, the the feel-good tour for the Jags this offseason continues with the Ridley let, letter or article. I mean, you, you read it and you, you have empathy and you get excited about the things he's saying. Yeah, and, you know, we – Mike and I talked about this yesterday, but mm-hmm. the difference in how you feel this offseason even compared to last offseason, right? Yeah. Where I think even if you were confident that Trevor Lawrence was going right. to turn into Trevor Lawrence, right? right? Like, even if you had that confidence, he didn't have a great rookie year. So you were going, okay, let's see it show up. Well, mm-hmm. it showed up. So now everything the Jags do is in light of, oh, the quarterback is settled. Yeah probably for a decade plus, so you have that confidence with whatever else happens with the football team. Good point. We got quarterback worked out, so if they miss on a free agent this offseason, eh. Right. Okay. Right. Right? We got right. Trevor. You know, you have that to fall back on, and Jaguars fans maybe never 
have really had that, where you had a guy where you knew, all right, the next 10 to 15 years, we got it settled at that spot. And it's become even more important than it was when Burnell was the quarterback for this team. It's The league has changed so much in the last 30 years. It's always been a quarterback-driven league. But right now, you can't score 35 points in a playoff game. You can't win a playoff game, right? Like, that's just kind of the way that it works. And Jacksonville has a quarterback that can do that for him week to week. Well, that's a great point. Have a great show. Thank you. Mike and Tony getting ready for Jaguars today. Scoring updates continue. Donna has... One more, a couple more. Jack O'Brien, the legend, will also take over. He's out here today. If you want to come up and say hi to him, take a picture. He is available. He does charge for autographs, just so you know, but he is out here and, and, and available. So, J.J., you're coming out here in about an hour. I will meet you at the flagpole and promptly kick your ass. I hope you got over your some shoes of your, on. I do, over some of your comments from earlier today. So, I think we're going to have a great day out here on a Thursday. I'm going to go put a couple of those sawgrass splashes in me, J.J., so that <laughs> I won't feel any pain as I'm destroying you. You know, because I watched that I watched that movie the other day, Fighting with Channing Tatum. Got me all pumped up. So I'm ready to, to rock and roll on your face. JJ, That's are you it. there? I love you. Have a good day. I love you, too.